listen. I know why you choose to have your little <clears throat> group therapy sessions in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham your true colors, unfortunately. Dent, he's just the beginning. And, and as for uh, the television's so-called plan, Batman has no jurisdiction. He'll find him and make him squeal. I know the squealers when I see them. And... What do you propose? It's simple. We uh, kill the Batman. <laughs> Expect me to talk? Hello, and welcome to episode eighty-two of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host Becca, and as always, joined by the image port. Dave and Chris, how are you guys doing? I reckon we're imitable. Inimitable? <laughs> Indubitably. She, no, she, she, she meant irritable. Oh, right, okay. Well, fuck off, Chris. <laughs> irritable bat. <laughs> It'll just turn into that sort of like uh, Bedell and Newman sketch, isn't it? See that That's puddle true. on the floor? That's your <laughs> swimming pool, that is. Yeah. That's your My life as a prostitute by your mum. <laughs> see, <laughs> see that turd with all the flies crawling on it that's, that's been there for five weeks? That's you, that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm old enough that I saw them live. Oh, I never, oh got, to, I never got to see them live. Mm, yeah, Showing your age. Yeah, well, I am, because I'd have been in sort of my late teens when they were sort of at their peak, really. But I did used to like watch the TV show like when it was on. Mm, very wise experience, and then do a bit of a deal in yeah. pieces. But anyway, oh, what anyway. film are we talking about, Becca? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and move our focus away, because we've got a absolute monster of a film to discuss. I think we need to take time out and say, look, we all believe in Harvey Dent and get a review on of The Dark Knight. Starring. <gasps> lots of names to read out. Starring people. Oh, yeah. Starring lots of people. Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Maggie Gyllenhaal, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, Aaron Eckhart, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, Eric Roberts, and Anthony Michael Hall, if you can spot him. The script by Jonathan and Christopher Nolan, score by James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer, and directed by Christopher Nolan, and released in 2008. And don't forget Mandy from Hollyoaks, if you can spot her. Oh my god, yeah! Oh my life. That's going back a fair bit, isn't it? It is. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, there's one scene like towards the end, and I was like, is that the nerd from Breakfast Club? And I was googling, it bloody well is. I was like, oh. But yeah, that lady from Hollyoaks as well. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure there's... embarrassing that you used to watch Hollyoaks. Anthony Michael Hall was absolutely unrecognisable in this. Well, he's, he's he's put on weight, isn't aged. he? So he's kind of aged. Yeah, and... Well, he hasn't aged badly. He just doesn't. No. Look, he doesn't look like the same guy aged up. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Okay. He, he looks. He starts to look like a little bit like you, you imagine James Spader to look like. Yeah, a little bit like that. If that makes any sense. 
No, it doesn't, because when you say imagine James Spader, <laughs> it look like I've seen James Spader. Well, no, yeah, but you think, uh, yeah. you know, in his young years and how, how he looks kind of now, there's a bit of a disparity between the two, but there is. depends on you. Depends on but your genes again, and obviously age. Not, and, you know. But again, I, I'm not being critical at all. It, there's nothing wrong with him. It just doesn't look like you think yeah. the no, how adult you version of that 16-year-old would look like. No. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, before we get started, um, I've got a bit of plugging to do, if you'll indulge me. Um, obviously, do you expect us to talk started out as a Bond podcast, reviewing all the Bond movies? Um and it still is, we just don't talk about Bond films. No, eventually, when a new one comes out, we shall review it. Um, but no, anyway, obviously, we're all big Bond Next fans. Next year, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't. Well, that would they, be Dave will be, uh, probably be correct. It'll probably it'll at least start Reminisce, and it'll probably be announced later this year. I sincerely hope. Well, and it'll be directed by Sam Mendes. Come back now. It will be directed by Sam Mendes as well. Not Nolan? No. Nolan. No, we don't. Nolan ain't doing <laughs> this one, I promise you. He's already made a bomb film anyway. It's called Inception. Anyway, um, but no, it's not. That five minutes of it that looks a bit like on a Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service. <laughs> no, anyway, that's only because um, it's like a, an action scene that's snow. You know, that in snow. Yeah. And uses gadgets. Anyway, I just like to spend a few moments um, plugging cue the music. Obviously, the James Bond tribute band um, headed up by uh, Warren Ringham. Um, he's got a couple of shows coming up um, between now and Christmas time. And a couple of upcoming dates, 18th of August, he'll be at the Harlington Centre, Harlington Theatre in Fleet. In the 20th of August, Buxton Opera House. On the 24th of September is the New Theatre Royal in Lincoln. And on the 1st of December, he's got the big show coming at Camberley Theatre in Surrey. So if you're anywhere near it's any of those locations... It's It's Camberley. It's Camberley! Actually, I think the big one's probably going to be at, at Fleet. Um, I've seen a show there twice now two or three times the big one's going to be wherever Warren is I'd imagine (laughs) go see him folks it always follows he takes his Um, big one with him (laughs) well he is the the lead trumpeter don't you know but um he's also father he won't bring her to the show but he's also father of the cutest toddler in the world she is the cutest baby ever on my life she's you've never seen a smile like it she's really pretty Oh, lovely family, full stop. Got a nibble her cheeks whenever you see photos. She's so sweet. Yeah, lovely um, family, full stop. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, but anyway, no, I can't recognise. Recognise? I can't recommend. Cue the music. Hi, I can recognise them a mile away. But if you're anywhere near those venues, um, please go and get yourself a ticket. They're selling fast. Um, I don't believe they're sold out just yet, but there are some seats available. Go and see them live. Best tribute band ever. Best band ever. Um, and they're. they're um, they're kind of their running order kind of like chops and changes so some shows you'll see you know then perform some songs other songs will be performed at other shows but you know go and miss out check out their website check out they're on twitter they're on facebook um, that mouth watering review there at some shows they play some songs <laughs> <laughs> at other shows they play some songs <laughs> take your pick and they change sometimes which ones they do which ones yeah, they but, do. but they still yeah, play recently, they songs. have yeah they have changed their lineup like for example their last show they did they did they did um backseat driver from tomorrow never dies um and that was a debut and at some shows they'll play it depends on you know the, the size because sometimes they'll have they'll change their lineup as well because like some at the big show obviously they have the full band but sometimes they may only be like a six piece or a nine piece well, um, I'd Becca, I'm keen, and I think they'd be really good, and they really ought to come to the southwest. But I can, concur. Can, can you reassure me on one issue? 
Do they know how Christmas trees are made? <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows. Do they know this though? Do they play that song? Um, I don't think they do. I haven't I heard it. Know. I don't know. Yes, that's what's your first name? I don't know. Um, I would love for them to do that. And there are some. Well, Bond seventy seven is a, a great favourite oh, of mine. I I'd love to hear that. Really, oh, you, you gotta go see it. I, I really want them to come like to Salisbury, for example, um, yeah. or even some, you know, Andover or Basingstoke or somewhere near me. Um, instead of having to go to Fleet or wherever, um, I've got tickets for Camberley, so that would be fun. We're going to have to get there. Um, but now, and you know, so we always changing our repertoire, doing different songs, doing new songs. Um, also, a lot of um, fan requests as well. Like, for example, they may eventually one day do the Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown? Um, well, they may not. They may right. improve upon it. Cool. So that's the Dark Knight. Good night, folks. <laughs> but no, I just, I, he, messaged, he messaged me a while ago. I thought, oh, I must do that on the next show. Um, so, yeah, if you just happen to indulge me, um, check out Q the music. Literally Google the letter Q, the music. Um, and the logo is the letter Q. Um, and check them out. What are they called on know, Facebook? It's John Bo- James Bond music or something James like Bond, that? Yeah, James, James Bond band, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go and buy their CDs. So it's Q the music, nothing to do with the magazine Q. No, it's not. No, I think because no. they started. No, it's to do with that symbol for blowjobs as discussed. <laughs> okay. Q the music show. Um, and they're fantastic. Buy their CDs. Check them out on YouTube. They're on Facebook. Just, you know, if if you're a fan of the Blue Seven, if you're a fan of live music, um, even if you're just a big music fan, I'm a, f- go and check I'm them a out. fan of recorded music. Recorded music, live music. If you just love music, go and check them out. Can't rate them highly enough. But the one YouTube if you want to check them out, and um, I recommend you do, then go and see them live if you can. Yep. While you're on YouTube, there's quite a funny video of Bottom where they're trying to buy dirty <laughs> videos. Check what that out while you're there. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit like Gogglebox, so you're looking at people. What are you looking at me? Yeah. So, what do you think of the Dark Knight? <laughs> anyway, so right, let's, let's, get, let's get away from that now and focus on. The Dark Knight. This is a absolute monster of a movie. Um, over two and a half hours, lot to get through. Let's crack on. What were your, your opening opinions of it? First of all, what are your opinions going into this film? What are your memories of it? Seeing it at the cinema, Chris, you go first. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, what's there to really say about it? I mean, it's it is a huge like. That doesn't bode well. No, it does. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, when, when I say that, it's it's like it's a film that's been lauded and talked about so much it is probably regarded to this day as probably the best superhero comic book film uh, at least up there um, with some people I mean it's it's pretty much the Citizen Kane of of, um, sort of comic book films in, um, and in, in whether you like it or not it you know it does have that weight and that popularity um, to it so I don't know. I mean, when when it came out, it was just like the hugest thing. Uh, where everyone was excited for it, and it lived up to, it lived up to the hype. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, that was just fucking amazing!" I must have seen it like I don't know, at least three or four times in the cinema alone. Uh, I don't know what about you guys where you went repeat viewings, but so it was always that talk about film Heath Ledger was like amazing he was just like he just ignited the screen every time he every time he turned up uh, it did everything you wanted to do I did always felt like it it had that unnecessary third act and I think 
watching it, watching it now, I can't really fault it at all, apart from maybe a few plot inconsistencies or just like, well, how did that happen and why did that happen? It does sort of end several times, doesn't it? it, it kind of, yeah. Like, obviously, get, get, getting towards the end of it, and I thought, oh yeah, I've got the hospital scene to go as well. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my god. But no, I would agree with you about Heath Ledger. Obviously, when this film came out, obviously, sadly, decided to end his life. Um, but I think his performance. He didn't is end his absolutely... life. It was accidental. No, no, it was um. Suicide. Yeah. It, it was an accidental overdose. Yeah. Chop it out. Um, but no, his performance is absolutely electric. Um, every kind of scene is, and you're just like glued to the screen. Um, completely different to. Jack Nicholson's interpretation or anybody's interpretation I think he just wanted to get so far removed of that and tried to get inside the psychology of the character um, and I think Michael Caine said you know he managed to surpass you know his was like the greatest interpretation of the Joker um, that we've seen on screen so far and that was his opinion so that's very high praise indeed I think but yeah I think th- yeah, there's, there's very lot there's very little in this film that you can really fault yeah there may be some plot holes um, but yeah this is probably as you, as you say like the best if not one of the best superhero movies. I, whenever I watch the, I must make a point about um, Michael Caine actually, because we see his first exposure to the Joker actually on the screen. I'll come back to that a little later on. Every time I, every time I start this series again and I watch Batman Begins, if I really watch it properly, and I mean sit and concentrate and no distractions, I always think. Yeah, nothing's going to top this. I've got too excited about The Dark Knight. There has in recent years been a small but significant backlash against this film. And it is small. It is small. The majority who like these films rank The Dark Knight as the best of them. But we all have friends on Twitter, Facebook, you know, social media generally. Who, Contrarian uh, twats like myself who like well, go... <laughs> no, but they genuinely don't like The yeah. Dark Knight at all. Which is um, fine. And they will be, yeah, you like what you like. I haven't got a problem with it. I mean, but they'll prefer Batman Begins. I actually don't have a problem with that either. Um, but I do think that Nolan has got slowly more bloated and pretentious as a filmmaker. And I think that it, this sort of gets a little bit lumped in with the next one amongst that sort of contrary group. Um, I'm going to go flat out and say it now. This is this is the best film of the three. It's the best film of the Batman series. Um, oh, when I watch when I watch Batman Begins, I think, yep, yeah, great superhero film. Then I come and watch this, and for all the references to Heat, they're they're over exaggerated. They really are. This is a dense, complex, well thought out film that has interesting themes, great performances, wonderful set pieces, beautiful cinematography from Wally Pfister. The score is a step up from last week. This is, I am going to say it, an absolute masterpiece. It is arguably the best film we have covered in our run. Only arguably because you have Casino Royale, for me, on a Majesty's Secret Service, but I think objectively speaking, Casino Royale, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Superman the Movie. Rocky. There are other, there, Rocky, yeah. There yeah, are Rocky, other films. Rocky. There are other films. Rocky 4. Yeah, with, there are other, <laughs> yeah, Die another there, day. You know. There are other films we've covered that are close. Superman 4. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, <laughs> I had a really important message to tell you. Special uh, mention to same, uh, Superfan Julian O'Hare. <laughs> this film isn't the same without a drunken leading, leading lady. Um, <laughs> I think this is probably the best film we've covered so far. This is actually the film, this is the reason we, we have eight, nine, or ten best pop picture nominees every year. 
because it missed out on being in the top five, and, and that really caused that really caused the Academy to rethink. I couldn't care less whether it won Oscars. Actually, um, I do think it's easy to look at Heath Ledger and say, well, it was posthumous, so it was a bit of um, sympathy, a sympathy vote. I think he would have won had he survived. Yeah, I think he would have won. Anyway. I, I think, think he would have got nominated. I'm not entirely sold that he would have won, but mm. I say that about actually, I can't remember what he was actually up against. Yeah. Uh, nor can I now, but I do remember at the time thinking actually that is probably the strongest performance. Yeah. It's a very special performance. Now I've watched it again today, as much as I think Bale's lost a little bit too much weight over last week. And I, I do have problems with the way he looks, particularly in the original outfit, but we'll come to that. Um, I do think it's his best performance of the three. I think it's Michael Caine's arguably his best performance of the three. I could actually lean on some of the things he does next week. I think this is an absolute masterpiece. And I think as much as you're looking at Michael Mann and others, and you'd have to be blind not to see those, not mm. to see those comparisons. But actually I see both a bit more of sort of Sidney Lumet in it, in the sort of 70s films. But I actually also see those comic books I talked about last week. You know, you go and read something like The Long Halloween and it's Carmine Falcone and then the sort of second most, um, the second biggest crime boss is Sal Maroney within the, 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 the you know, and it starts off its Commissioner Loeb. Um, and the themes, uh, uh, the themes and nature of it is a lot closer to its comic book origins, although the sort of quasi sort of serious themes of the later era sort of trade paperbacks, if you like than perhaps I thought at the time. I think the most influential comic book film of this year was actually Iron Man because of what we've got since with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This film had less of a footprint than we thought it had. Um, yes, films like Spider, The Amazing Spider-Man, the reboot, came, came along and tried to ape it, and you do get these darker films now and again. But actually, the future was an awful lot col more colourful than we would have thought in 2008. This is a very much a George Bush era film. I think it's going to be part of its um, era as we look back. Oh, definitely. Uh, you think of, and I'll get to where, I mean, everyone says, oh, 9-11 allegory, and I get tired of hearing that on things like Now Playing, if I'm honest. They took, they, they went through a spell of everything being a 9-11 allegory. And come out, well, it's a 9-11 allegory, <laughs> you know. Um, Not really. <laughs> By the way, for any listeners, when, when we put on Facebook, do you expect us to talk to, uh, to talk team Assemble? That's not an that's not an Avengers re reference. It's an Anchorman reference. <laughs> you team Assemble. Assemble. Yeah. Do people um, actually think it's the Avengers? Uh yeah, they do because Avengers Assemble. Yeah, it's but uh, it could be either, it's an Anchorman reference. Uh, which is obviously probably sort of stolen from the Avengers, but that's what I always think. I did kind of assume we're a bunch of Spider-Man like Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, Spanish yeah. language news team. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was reading earlier. Some some were saying was best fight scenes in films, and I thought, well, Anchorman, obviously. Anchorman, clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, uh, like I say, there is a small but strong backlash against this film. Happy to respect everyone's opinion. If you prefer the rises or you prefer begins, that's absolutely fine. Um, if you don't like Christopher Nolan, that's fine too. But as far as I'm concerned, it's still in Christopher Nolan's top three, possibly top two. I could debate that on different days. Um, I think this is a very, very special film. Can't wait to go through it. Worry about how long we'll be recording the damn thing. 
I nearly both when I came, edited. I came out of the film. One of the things I will say is um and we talked about this a little bit last week, that the last week's was a was a study of Batman. It was a Batman film. And in that regard, it's an easier watch. It's a more not linear film because this film is told in order, but it's it's just a it's much more focused more to, on the character much of Batman. More a to B, yeah. Um, and I know that I met people in the days after this film came out, who and and I was married at the time to somebody who came out and was like, mm. and they were a bit disappointed because it didn't feel like Batman Begins. It didn't have as much Batman in it, you know, as perhaps we thought there was going to be. And I sort of see that, but I have to say, this is one of the... I, I, there's a handful of films since I've been back home in my hometown, which is about 15 years now, that I can sort of point at as they blew me away. And they're not necessarily, in every case, the films that I still feel that way about. I can point to Return of the King. Now, I don't even think that's the strongest of the Lord of the Rings films, but it was the one where it clicked for me and them going up, you know, in Mordor up the, the mountain at the end got to me a little bit. I think of Kill Bill. I think of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I think of I, I think of um, there's one or two others, but I think of The Dark Knight as well, where I came out and I was almost in tears because they nailed it. And there was a lot of hype around this film, but it was a different type of hype. It's the first time I ever heard the term viral marketing. Uh-huh. The, the term viral seemed, seemed to be, if not come from, then at least be popularized by this film. We had uh, Mike, whatever he's called, the you know news reporter, Anthony Michael Hall, doing little reports on the election of Harvey Dent. We had uh, new sort of viral pages about you know the Joker's crimes. It was the first time that there was this kind of what we what we now know as viral marketing. So excitement was very high for this. And of course, yes, there was a ghoulish element because Heath Ledger died. And there was a lot of unsureness, you know, a lack of sureness about his casting in the first place. So there, that that would have boosted numbers. I mean, and I don't think we can deny that. But yeah, for, I, I've been talking for ages. Wonderful film. Really love it. I I do think, well, I did get the, the feeling when watching it, thinking that it would probably work... Just as well, if not made possibly a bit better, but as like, uh, as like a television special, like like a, like an event five episode six episode because it is so much going on. If all it takes is just to add a few more extra scenes and maybe just like take a, take some time with some parts of the film. Well, I've always and then and that. then you, can, I, yeah. you I, I almost like watching it thinking like. Yeah, this 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 is where this would be the end of episode one. This is the end of episode yeah. two. Almost like in, in I've always felt Batman would work better on the small screen, but oh, obviously yeah. it's far too popular for that. Yeah, it's because it's a comic book element. I think it, generally it, comic books. I mean, it, it, it's street level as well. Yeah, he's got an incredible rogues gallery. So much like the animated series, love it or hate it, you can you can go to a, a different villain almost every week. But also modern interpretations of Batman have, have based themselves around this sort of mob element that's in Gotham. And you could just mine that forever. Mm. I, I, yeah, really wonderful stuff. But that's the thing. One, one of the things that kind of is is almost like I feel is a lost opportunity. I, I know it would never happen. I kind of I want to see more of this kind of work. I want it to be like a few more 
stories just so I want to see what the, the interpretation of Penguin would have been like I want to see what the interpretation of of Riddler would have been like I mean whether it would have worked I don't know but I would I want to just have a, just a, a grasp of what their vision of everything else would Three have been films like films is a poor poor return for this universe it isn't a poor return because a yeah. trilogy is fine you know a, a trilogy is understandable but, but Batman to me has the the greatest of all the rogues galleries had it kind of really reached a peak with the Dark Knight Rises perhaps had it kind of reached critical mass I guess well Nolan was done um, this is it and if I were Christopher Nolan we can call it pretentious all we like but Nolan cares about the films he makes um in that I don't think he just sees them as intellectual properties to be passed around. He doesn't just churn them out, does he, though? He can't... I don't know how comfortable he would have been taking a step back and having other people play in his version of this world. So you think, the thing that's probably the reason why he did Rise is just to kind of like, right, when I was going to fuck with this, I'm just going to finish it off well, now. Well, I, I would like to talk, talk about that more next week, actually, yeah. um, because I, I, I honestly think... I can't know for certain, and there's every chance I'm completely wrong in what I'm about to say. I think he did it as a thank you for Inception. I really do, because Inception was a damn expensive film for such a difficult concept. Yeah, It went and did $800 million at the worldwide box office, roughly, which meant it really rewarded Warners. And then, you know, but they backed him to the hilt on a film that, frankly, sold on the basis of his name and a little bit of star power, because mm. it isn't the easiest concept dreams within dreams within dreams within dreams i think he had the momentum of just coming off the dark night as well i was like oh my god i mean like... yeah i mean I, I haven't seen dunkirk tomorrow but by the time you hear this i will have seen it because i'm seeing it tomorrow but um dunkirk is about to come out so maybe i'll be proved wrong here and i am heartened by the fact it's got a significantly shorter running time yeah but i look i look back now and i think the views are meant to be really good as well from they are but i look back now and i think well you did memento you then did a remake which i know becca's very fond on but then you went batman begins the prestige this and inception and Inception's another film that's got like a bit of backlash, but those that love it love it, and I really love it. Yeah, same here. And I just and I do look back and think maybe that will actually have proven to be his golden era, because I didn't like Rises as much. We'll test that when I watch it. You know, Prestige was a perfectly film. fine film as well. I love the Prestige. I yeah. thought it was really great, but I don't like. It's, it's um, arguably his Rises. best film by some people's opinion which i, I absolutely respect um, it's i'm not sure that i would put it top but i totally get why you yeah. would and i think it's really great um but i didn't like rises as much and i thought interstellar not in not in themes and style was like a weaker inception um i i do wonder if we've actually seen the best of christopher nolan but having said that i'm about to go and see a film that might disprove that and you know who who knows what he'll do in the future. Yeah, they're actually this calling that a masterpiece, aren't they? Well, don't... this is this this is smack bang in the middle of what was like his first golden era, if you like. Having a renaissance. Yeah, this is like him at his peak, really. This this in uh, um, uh, I didn't he said Interstellar then, but <laughs> Inception. You meant Inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah this is Inception, but though Dunkirk does seem to be like a lot more straight like sort of A to B kind of like films that could just be like Nolan not putting anything fancy on just good 
honest filmmaking. And it's not like he's been humbled, because yeah. although it didn't do as well as Inception, Interstellar did pretty well. Um, when I saw the running time, it struck of, of Dunkirk, which is like an hour and three quarters or something. I looked at it and thought, that that is like a film from somebody who's just had a flop, but he hasn't actually. So, yeah, I, I thought he was getting ever more pretentious and ever more bloated. And you could look at this film and say it was part of that trajectory, but I'll, I'll try and divorce this film from the man's sort of career, if you like. Um, taken on its merits, I, I see what everybody's saying about crown dramas and it's got just happens to have Batman in it and all the mm. rest of it. But go and read some of those books I just talked about uh, and you will see this Batman in it, albeit it's a bit less stylized here. But he was in the middle of a sort of morass of corruption and and sort of crime families i think what i think what makes this film um great i think what makes it work for majority of people i mean whether you you, you love it you hate it but it is one of those films where film study students write essays on like yeah it's so, one of those great it's, film studies essays so isn't it? Rich. and but the thing is yeah. they can write essays on it and you can get you can have five film students Hand you in an essay on, on on about the Dark Knight, and they could be completely different. It's that rich into it's that. Um, rich. It handles its yeah. running time so well as yeah. well. It's so well paced. I mean, I looked at seeing I, cameras, camera work. I mean, for, for example, sound. if you wrote out where where things should happen in the film, and as I say, we'll go through it in order in a minute. But when when you look at where things should happen, you think destruction of the Batmobile. I looked at it and thought, theoretically, we should be about halfway through the running time. And for out of a two-hour, 32 film, we were at something like 118, almost bang mm-hmm. on. It, this, this film is almost perfect. And we're going to stop like apologising for it now. We're, we're all going to speak really highly of it now. I'm just cognizant of the fact that there's a, a vocal minority out there who seem to think this film is terrible. And I don't know what they're getting at. I mean, Te- to technically, be honest, technically, it's not it's not terrible. It's, it's definitely completely made. Um, I think I think what it is. I think partly. I, I think, think people I, see pretension in it, Chris. Yeah, I, I and, think. And, and I, I do get sick, and and there'll be people listening to this who will literally think I'm talking about them. I promise you, I'm not because I've been hearing this for nearly ten years now. And I some people also see Nolan and automatically uh, no, think I'll, equals I'll, pretension. No, I keep hearing heat rip off, and I just think. Mm. It's not actually, and to be honest, I'd watch this over heat in a heartbeat. Oh, heat is overblown, over long, and massively. Oh, overrated. I love heat, but then I've not seen it in ages. Um, no, I, I, I like heat. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> oh yeah, um, I mean, it, could, it, could it be from... the two sides of the same coin kind of aspect? Yeah, it could be, but I mean, Michael Mann films. I mean, the the the, the signature for me is when I watch Ali. Now, as we found when I went through the Rocky series, I know boxing fairly well. Muhammad Ali has had, had one of the most interesting lives and careers you could imagine. And, it, and it, it coincided with such a turbulent time in American life and politics. And Michael Mann managed to make quite a boring film out of that. <laughs> and I just think, how do you make a boring film out of Muhammad Ali? I, I, I can't understand it. There were bits of it that were fine, but it was so fucking ponderous and overlong and a bit shit. Uh, Christopher Nolan has, has had ever-increasing running times, but there ain't a lot of downtime in this film at all. Yeah. 
you know, and when you look at something like Heat, the whole Amy Brenman thing, you know, the, the sort of love story for Robert De Niro, utterly fucking pointless. I mean, I know there's that bit about you've got to be able to walk out the door and that's ultimately his downfall, but it is the cheapest, of most obvious fucking plot device. Michael Mann's forgiven because I really fancy Amy Brenman. <laughs> well, and, and have since NYPD Blue in the early 90s. But, uh, uh, yeah, the point excuses, is... That, um is we'll this, is this why you see? Is that why you see? you like um, daylight, starring uh, uh, Sylvester Sloan. Oh, okay. I haven't. Um, although I really wanted to. Because um, of her, naturally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that that's it for the being defensive part. We're just going to go through and, and praise it, and that that's a, that's an into it. I'm afraid. But I did just want to sort of ad- address that whole business of. You know, it's pretentious, it's this and that. No, it isn't. It's actually a really fucking massively told story. And it's a lot more comic book than people give it credit for. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. I mean, it, it does kind of respect the characters. I know uh, fans will disagree, so well, some fans will disagree, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I'm no comic book expert, so I, will, I can't really say. Uh, but for my my view my interpretation it, it kind of it at least um it it respects it in the sense that this is an, an adaptation and you have to sort of like when you think about joker here you know no one's sort of uh idea is like okay what would joker be like in the real world sense you know and you kind of it's more of a dark a bit more of a a real i like in, in a more sort of like okay if he would generally would would exist in it like t- today He's but, unlikely to have been dropped in chemicals. Yeah, it'll, it'll be something so more long lines of... it has to be something like that. But, but when I think about the key aspects of the, the Joker, I tend to think of something like uh, The Killing Joke, mm. where you get elements of his backstory, but his backstory is completely unreliable. Because I think he's, he's got a line in it where he says something like, I like my backstory to be like multiple choice or something like that. Because every time he tells the story, it's a bit different. We don't know where he comes from. He's this force of nature, really. And his only real goal is anarchy. And he, he kind of changes his mind as to what he wants. And there's sometimes a bit of sardonic comedy there. But you can't do, I don't think, the sort of Arkham Stroke um, animated series Batman live action. I, I just cannot imagine two hours of a Mark Hamill take on this. Mm. And I think Mark Hamill's brilliant, by the way, but you've just got to do it slightly different. Um, you know, well, there you go. How I, how I sit, and I think this is what helps me through, if i ever going like, oh, that's not what Bane's like, like in the comics, or this is not like what that's like in the comics. I kind of look at it like, like this. Nolan's take on the Batman series is kind of, I always see as... You look at the comics and you think of like you know all the stories come from it. You you you're thinking about myth and legend, and you kind of kind of look at it this way. This is an a adaptation of of that myth and legend, and if you kind of look at it from a certain point of view, this might be the rea- the reality of which the myths come from. So if you give enough time and enough like sort of mystery, like sort of you know of, of facts getting lost and the legend being told, you can kind of see. Kind of like where that comes from. It comes from like well, Robin. The whole Robin story. Well, his name was Robin, and he, he helped Batman. So he was what? He was a psychic, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think oh, there's a guy called Joker and blah blah blah, and all the rest of it. So I, I kind of look at it as kind of like the comic <clears> books were <throat> legend, 
and this what we're seeing you is know kind what? of like that, that is very very similar to um the ideas put forward in unbreakable which i saw in cheltenham in that yes it, it is our version of myth i mean i don't really i i go in very aware of those sorts of points and those sorts of arguments but uh, frankly, it drew me in, and I got a little bit emotional watching it this time. And I don't mean tearful, but there was a bit just around the point where there's the big sort of chase through the tunnels of Gotham, you know, the, the sort of trying to capture Dent bit, hmm. where I almost got a bit emotional because I was looking at it thinking, "This is as good as it will ever be." I was around for it, and I'm privileged. There'll never be a Batman film this good again. That said, what what you do is you you get a more stylized version that's maybe even more comic-y and maybe we'll love that. You know, maybe there will be like an Arkham Asylum type film and that'll be wonderful and you won't really compare it to this because it will feel so different. But I sat and watched this today and yesterday and just thought this this is actually as good as it gets. And it's often called pretentious, I think, because it doesn't look very comic book and it aspires to having themes and i think that's often seen as a disdain for the material but if you go and read some of the material it's very 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 uh, based in its origins m- much more than you might realize mm-hmm. but uh, the other thing is uh, stylistically it's wonderful i mean the use of imax in this uh, uh, that was trailed quite heavily before we got there um, it's wonderful if you get the Blu-ray, and obviously we're going to get 4K eventually because they are remastering this at the moment. That would be absolutely beautiful. Uh, but obviously we've got the Blu-ray, which is still what the best standard most people have at the time of sort of recording. Um, and, and the IMAX on a screen takes it all up, and it, it's really high definition. It's extraordinarily beautiful. I've got some fun uh, facts coming up about the IMAX. Okay, excellent. We'll shall, all right, shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Yeah, go on, team. We're that nearly forty minutes in already, so <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Chris, take it away, man. Where do we start? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to hand over to uh, our illustrious host, Becca. Where Where do we start? This is the type of film where it's so dense you have to do a scene by scene breakdown. Mm. Um, so yeah, we do. Becca's have... going to pretend the one in front of us is one she did. <laughs> well, this one. That... It, it, Shout out to Chris, who is often seen as the laziest of our hosts. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all have jobs. Um, but well, no, on it's the film. fact that you you present and you clearly go and find facts, and I do all the research. So it often seems like Chris just like turns up and shit. But actually, Chris, Chris, it's like, well, I own, I, own, I own the website, so it's like, well, you know. Yeah, he's got the website, and plus he used to edit, whereas Dave largely edits now. No, I um, don't, I don't, I'm not calling him lazy. I'm saying the perception would be that you don't expect Chris to put a load and load of work to this. But the outline <laughs> you've got in front of you was written by Chris. Yeah, he's actually done a, like a scene-by-scene breakdown, which is something that you know I would usually do anyway, but depending on the film. Like, mm. say, for example, the Schumacher era Batman movies, and I, they're just a lot of fluff. Or I'll say like a film like I knew. If we ever come to the Hitchcock films, some of them I know quite well, and I won't need to do it because I just know it in my brain. And obviously the Bond films as well. Um, but for this sort of film, there is so much going on. And you know, I've done a scene by scene breakdown, and Chris has done a scene by scene breakdown. And actually looking at it, I think Chris, yours is a lot. I was gonna say denser. Yours is a lot more dense than mine. <laughs> literally, it is literally scene well, by like scene. Like my personality. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, 
<laughs> should, I, should I be quite cheesy to read these sentences off as you've written them now? No, just do whatever no, you want, yeah, Becca. It's, it's, your, it's, it, it, it's, it's your notes or whatever. You, you're free to elaborate as much as you want. So it's just, no, it's just it. there to kind of like, oh, this is that scene now, carry on. As a, as a mental prompt. Well, we can obviously we can publish this. Um, yeah, so we open up with an attempt <laughs> I think, as a read on a bank. I think people will be disappointed. But, oh, my God, I wonder what's it. Oh, is that it? Oh, boring. <laughs> Why would you publish it? <laughs> it's top secret. Nobody can know what we've written. Um, yeah, so we open up with a bank robbery. And then we learn it's... Well, you don't know who's the Joker by name. But um, it turned out to be the Joker and his cronies robbing, essentially, like a, a, well, a mob bank. We all kind of did, because it was released in the IMAX. We all know. Yeah. yeah, it was... It was, yeah, was it like the first six minutes? It was like the first... Kind Something of, yeah. like... Yeah, released in IMAX. I think, was it trailed? It was probably, I think it was a little bit before the actual film came out, didn't it? Because I remember paying money to go and see it. Didn't they put um, it before The Golden Compass or something like that? Something like that. Oh, there's a series that needs to be remade That or again. a Harry Potter film. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's one of the big ones. I'm so gutted that The Golden Compass never really took off because it's such a great series. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, what, what I like about this scene is you've got... Um, so I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan. And you've got <laughs> the two really awful films that have come out. Um, and I've just forgotten his name, so I'm going to look him up on IMDb.com. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the uh, the bank manager? The bank manager. Yeah, William, may William or, Fincher. May or may not be. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, who may or may not be Shredder. He wasn't. But you know, he's this, this great character actor. Um, but and later on, we've got Mr. Carbonell, obviously from Lost and Bates Motel and other great series. Um, who is like the mayor? But it's like you've got these brilliant character actors, and they're just pop-up roles. I'm just like, what the hell's going on here? But no, anyway, yes, yeah, so you've got it's the a, Shredder or it's not same in as Rise the manager. Well. <laughs> you got the same in Rise, haven't you? you got the, um, yeah. the Irish guy in um, at the beginning of in, the, in, in Rises. That's it. And you've got the girl from Hollyoaks and yeah. Anthony Michael Paul. So, there we are. Um, the, the Irish guy, I mean, Littlefinger in, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> no. Obviously, so you see his cronies in going... In the third one, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. Yeah, yeah come up with the name. Aiden Quirry's folk. Yeah, Little Finger in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm going to have to... Aiden Quinn or something like that, isn't it? I know, I know who he means. He's a brilliant actor as well. Um, yeah, so they kind of obviously see each of them kind of play the role in the heist. And the rule is obviously, you know, once you've done your side, once you've done your side all of it, if you want to get, you know, a large cut of the cake as it was, just to bump off the other one. Um, and you got the reveal of the Joker at the end of that sequence, and it's like, what? Yeah, what have you? Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stranger. And you just see like his makeup; it just looks like it's just plastered on. Um, and obviously, you know it's he's going to be very different, different, very difficult <laughs> to say it. Very different from Jack Nicholson. One of the the things that um, that I, I well I read watching the uh, the I didn't read it; I, I heard it while well, watching the the. the, the like the documentary on the on the special features, I, I remember somewhere or maybe it was a YouTube clip, but it was like no one saying that uh, Heath Ledger had the idea of leaving like wanted to put apply the makeup himself and therefore had lots of the the, the the white the white stuff all over his fingers in all the scenes because because he just uh, well he would put, apply it himself so he would have all this shit on him. You know? Yeah, it's, it's not like some makeup artist you know doing it perfectly, yeah. but no, because he is literally just smearing it all over his face. Um, but it's just a detail the fact that just leave it on his fingers. It's just great, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to bother to wash his hand afterwards. Yeah. Like, plaster it on, do what you need to do, where it's good to go. And that also kind of, because it's so 
it looks like a bit haphazardly applied as well. Um, obviously, we'll come to the scene with Lobe's funeral later on when, when you kind of notice that he's actually one of the policemen and you kind of actually see the scars. And I think that's actually more terrifying seeing him without the makeup or perhaps with, you know, more foundation or whatever. That's probably more terrifying. Um, but like immediately, you know, it's different to, you know, the sort of Romero interpretation. Um, and we're dealing with a, a different kind of psychopath. Yeah, I, I mean, he is a little bit... Uh, I suppose this is probably where I would probably pick at the film. And I'm actually where a lot of the, the negative people who don't like it would say. Um, it's... His is, is, is plan, plans are a little bit too, like... Well, how, well that was a bit confusing. How, how would you know for certain that would happen? A little bit in this, like... A little bit too planned, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah, it's just and plus, sort of just at the end, just like sort of just randomly, how casually the school bus just sort of just drives out in order with the other buses, and no one's like doing anything. It's just even especially at the at the end, where he's like, "I'm I'm not a schemer, you know. I, mm. I thrive on chaos, and chaos is fair, and all the rest of it." And it's like, hmm, really? But that, no, yeah, that's, that's what it is. not the same as saying he doesn't plan anything. Well, no, that's it. Exactly, he's obviously got it all lined up. It's just so. his goals are a little bit. All over bit. the place. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, here he's stealing definitely. from the mob, isn't he? Right now, he's like. He yeah. is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he is. From the mob bank, yo. Run yeah. by may or may not be shredder. Okay, so um, that's basically the prologue. Uh, uh, just before that, by the way, we see the bat signal through sort of blue flame, and we only see it form for a second again, a bit like the first film, which I've always liked. These yeah. films. That, that's a nice start to the film. Where do we go from... The, so the bus comes out, they've all killed each other, left with just the Joker, um, who doesn't, clearly doesn't really care about the money. It's all a bit of sport. Yeah, he's not really yeah. in it for the money, is he? I don't think so. So it pulls away. Does it then cut to the bat signal and cut to 35mm? I think it does, Yeah, the ratio it? kind of changes, doesn't it? Again, we've yeah. got a scene yeah. in, the, in the car park. Um, obviously, with the kind of... I've got... <laughs> don't do we go to... Do we do you not, like Batman's or Batmen? What do you call is them? Is it movies? after that we see the yeah we're looking for the guy and all the rest? Yeah, of it? yeah, it, it, is, it, it, it is like a mixture of like the sort of like losing or where we're up to now, and we get a sense of the fact that uh, previously on Batman, yeah, like crime, like the that crime in Gotham is, has gotten better. We actually see visually criminals or like drug dealers literally like sort of see the bat signal and, and shit himself. Yeah. yeah, or like oh once all got you got better lot you got a better chance of winning the lottery than running into him, you know, but like obviously That's he it. Has hopefully an he's busy. That was That's it. That's yeah. hopefully you he's do busy see yeah. the bat signal. So I was right from that. It cuts yeah. it cuts from the the train of sort of buses as in the line of buses to the bat signal and it cuts to yeah. thirty five millimeter and it's it's partly Gordon saying we just like people to know He's there. Yeah, it, so that, yeah. we're there for him. Plus, you got the police sort of saying, "Oh, yeah, we're actively sort of running investigation." It's like suggestions, Bigfoot, Elvis, and things like that. You know. Like, uh, again, we've kind of got the beginnings of these sort of themes. Like, you know, do we need Batman around? Is he a really essential figure in you know the Gotham crime fighting initiative? <laughs> so it kind of it kind of sets those things in motion, really, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And also, it's relevant later when Harvey Dent hands himself in. We'll come back to mm. that. This business of the whole catching the Batman thing. Um, but it's also relevant because it, it kind of almost suggests some of Gordon's acolytes uh, are in on it. And yeah, that maybe doesn't work out so well. But yes, we do cut to the parking, uh, uh, the parking lot, parking garage, 
where um, there's some deal being done. Yeah, with a couple of dodgy um, providers. Yeah. Which is just like, oh. You got the, the Russian guy from, from, Creed. Uh, from Creed, yeah. Go, yeah, from Creed, yeah, that's right. Very hungry. That's very hungry dogs. I think he's actually English or something. Yeah, he's not he Russian. Um, which he's is amazing. Russian. I didn't realise that until looking him up. Um, and we see um, Scarecrow again, very briefly. Yeah, we get which I totally forgot about. I'm really surprised to see him. I don't know why. He, yeah, oh, I forgot he, he was in this section. It kind of gets a wrap up because we know he he got away in the last one, so he's kind of like yeah, yeah. just getting he's getting caught here. I mean, what I, what I really yeah. like about the scene is like we've yet to see Batman. We kind of like see well, obviously we see uh, Scarecrow. He kind of like highlights the fact that uh, people to, who are selling drugs are drying up, and he's selling his fear poison as kind of like highs. So yeah. there, so he, the, so um, so the, the mobs are kicking off because it's like, well, this is not what kind of what we wanted, and he's like, well, well no. who, who else are you going to buy from? Um, exactly, who else is going to sell it to you? I, I I love the setup of the fact of the bat vigilantes. I think it's a bit cheesy, if you ask me. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I I kind of I kind of like it. I I, I I I like the idea of like having of. Um, of these guys, sort of like, yeah, kind of, kind of thing. Mm. It's kind of like it, it's it's a little bit of fun to me. I mean, it's not a big part of the film anyway. If it doesn't, it's start. not that important. It's only important for a few things. Yeah. Um, it does start the business of. It's the trigger for Batman wanting a new outfit, and it's also the trigger. It's also the trigger for he's busy. He's not always sort of at the beck and call of the police. It's also the trigger for copycats. And again, it's all into the themes of the film with escalation because. It, Batman is meant to be a symbol that inspires, but the whole vigilante thing has now escalated beyond what he wanted, and you've got people walking around in vague approximations of the Batman outfit firing guns. Mm. And of course, so they're not as trained, smart, or resourced as as our Batman, so he ends up they end up getting themselves hurt, and obviously that plays in a little bit later on. But yeah, okay, so... so go on, Becca. Oh, no, no, go for it. No, 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 you go for it. I was going to move on, see so where do we go from there? Oh, okay. <laughs> that was all really... No, no, we, we, we haven't really got to Batman coming in, have we? So you've got... No. Batman comes in with, with a tumbler and, and basically blow, blows things up. And he, <laughs> the, they have a sort of... They fire the car, assuming that he's actually in the car, but it's not. It's remote control. And it's a bit of a remote control that, tumbler, isn't it? That first shot where he kind of like goes in and just bends the end of the gun, which I think is... It's kind of nice. It's that kind of like... Batman no kill policy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no disarm. I've always, I've always liked this, and again, I've, I've got to um, give credit where it's due. In that, I, I said last week that quite often when we see the Casey close up uh, and properly with like the cameras lingering on it, but it doesn't look that good. But I have to say, the way he sort of takes people out here, I don't, I do quite like. Yeah, the action I, I is do, it's more skilled, isn't it? Yeah, the terms in how it's actually shot um, is a lot better this week. Yeah, I can understand that. I'll disagree with one scene in a little while, but um, and it's similar scene. to this. Yeah, uh, we'll come to it. it. It's not a bad scene, but I, I do think the hand-to-hand fighting looks a bit naff in it. But it's uh, it, it's really good here at this point. So and it's yeah. So basically, he's got them all sort of tied up. The the sort of vigilantes, the scarecrow, everything else. You've got that line about I'm not wearing hockey pads. Mm. <laughs> That's great. Um, 
What's the difference between me? They deliberately picked a bloke with a fairly high voice. As well. I'm not wearing ugly pants. <laughs> what's the difference? What, what gives you the right? And he's got quite a high voice. What's the difference between me and you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he doesn't go. So, I don't know. So that's very <laughs> to Batman. But there's two or three things about this scene I really like. Firstly, I think the action is better. I think you're right, Chris. I think secondly, we see how much Batman gets fucking hurt in, yeah. the, in, in the cut of his business. He gets driven into like a pillar at speed. Mm. So, Again, that's know, also impetus. He, yeah, for he the, gets for the terrible abuse. He gets attacked by dogs. Can't turn his head. There's one little continuity error where he jumps off the ramp onto the top of the van. He lands on it on a different orientation than it was under him, but that's no big deal. It's, like it's quite a good error. sequence. Yeah, it is, but it's a good sequence. Yeah, it's quite a good action. I must commend the action in this movie. I think the, the chase scene, which we'll come to later on, is probably one of the greatest chase scenes ever committed to, to cinema. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is amazing. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty epic. But no, the action in this film is definitely, you know, in the, in the right place, the right amount, uh, paced correctly. Love it. Anyway, moving on. All right. Next, Becca. <laughs> um, in the safe. <laughs> oh, the next scene is the place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Gordon in the bank, basically. Yeah. When Batman shows up, like, unexpectedly out of nowhere and is talking still on the... Is this a joke up to it? But we also Mark have Bills a UDA in the shape of Harvey Dent. Oh, well, no, oh yeah, I, that's, but we haven't no, got to Harvey yet. Actually, no, yeah. Actually, we actually do get... With Joe, it's uh, Bruce and Alfred. And you've seen the new digs, and he's like, yeah. sort of like, oh, I got attacked by a dog. Big dog. Or is that afterwards? After the Mark Bills? Um, that's, that's I'm not quite sure. No, it is after the Mark Bills. Cause in the uniform. I'm going on the order that you've. Sorry, the, yeah, the, um, I haven't got it in front of me. So. The one thing that doesn't look <laughs> right is I don't think it's exactly the same bat suit in that I think they've basically reconstituted it, the filmmakers, because the nose doesn't look right. It looks kind of smeared across his face. I don't know if it's Chris, Christian Bale's thinner or they've just remade the suit, but it doesn't look right. But I do like the fact he just turns up. I. Batman's never good in broad light, but because he's silent, appears, says very little, and appears to just disappear. Disappear, yeah. He, he's got this slightly phantom quality to him that I think would still intimidate. So, yeah, I quite like this scene. And it, it's a little bit supernatural, because obviously it does follow on from last week, because we're mm. told he was taught to kind of just disappear. Yeah. If you sat and gave it a thought, that's what he does. That's like ninja training. Like that. It's it's un, a little bit unbelievable, but yeah. I do like it. It's basically there's Mark Bills and the mob know they're coming, and it's all about the fact that Gordon has spent. Uh, this is why we need the triumvirate that is is going to sort of be the three corners of this film because they've all got a different skill set. Uh, Harvey has been putting away every money launderer in the town, and they still have a way of getting their money out and the reason they've got the the reason Gordon can't do anything is he's a policeman so he's got a certain jurisdiction which is the whole point we get to with the Hong Kong sequence but Batman doesn't have the sort of you know public relations ability the ability to talk to people about things the the, the ability to calm the public that sort of Harvey has so they definitely have like a, a complementary characteristics but yeah, we've been reintroduced to Gordon. He happily talks to Batman. Uh, Gordon's acolytes know to disappear when Batman's around. And we know that there's something about money laundering, Mark Bills, and the mob trying to get their money out 
And then do we see Harvey? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but Harvey's introduced on the TV screen uh, when, like, with Alfred. Yeah, we're sort of by yeah. the news, don't we? Yeah, really, we do go so. to we do go to Alfred now. Of course, we don't have at the moment. Um, we don't have the bat cave because obviously Wayne Manor burnt down. This is set about ten months later, yeah. and uh, so they're 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 in kind of they're, they're under part of. It's kind of like a big warehouse or like an underground. They're under Wayne. Well, I was yeah. about to say Wayne Tower, but there's several Wayne buildings. They're under one of them. Yeah. Uh, the tumblers in there, as is this universe's version of the Bat Computer, and they they they're clearly watching. He's watching Harvey Dent. Uh, so there's several things we learn from this. Firstly, we see how bruised and battered he is. Um, this is the sort of continuity. This is one of the continuities that jars with that idea that um, uh, Alfred was a former army medic, so he does sort of patch Bruce patch him up. up a bit. Um, also, the fact that he has eyes everywhere that's going to come back into play later in the film, and where we push the George Bush sort of themes of this film. But he's he's watching everything Harvey Dent does. Um, there's a suggestion that's because of Rachel, because Rachel is dating Harvey Dent. Rachel played by Maggie Gyllenhaal this time, not mm. Katie Holmes. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we're introduced to the fact that there might be some hope in this guy. Yeah, there's something about this new district attorney. All part of the viral marketing as well. There were there were interviews where uh, Harvey Dent would go on that news show with. Um, believe on Harvey. Believe on. Believe. Yeah, that Harvey was. Yeah, his election campaign was all sort of part of the viral marketing. Yeah, that was quite viral but, as well, wasn't but it? Like a week or two before it, the film was released, they were releasing like new segments where they were interviewing the new district attorney, like he'd just been elected. So at the point where the film starts, he's been elected within recent weeks. So we get the we get the sequence. So yeah. It's talking about limits as well. I mean, you've got you've got Alfred saying know your limits. Come and, know your yeah. limits. No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm bored. You're in kittens. That was also based on a comedy sketch show. I'm not imposing on. I'm not, I don't. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Batman has no limits. Well, can't afford to know. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, obviously that's 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 the thing that sort of gets repeated later on, um, and then where do you go to then? Court uh, scene. Uh, yeah, the court scene. Believe? We go to. This oh, is kind of a. I always think this is a little bit of a reference to how the original yeah. continuity of how he became Two Face. Yeah. In that there was an a, a, an attempt on his life in the courtroom. I actually, really like this. What a lovely way to introduce him. We've got. We're introduced to the coin. He's running late as well, which uh... he's running. Yeah, he's running late. Um, he's got. He's desperately into organised crime because we've had um, Falcone was taken down in the first film. Effectively, Maroni's filled that void, and now like his henchmen are kind of on the stand to try and get. Mm. Yeah, but they've obviously been got at, so they won't testify against him uh, but then he gets a gun pulled on him and he immediately sort of he's, not only does he stay calm disarm the guy and punch him so he's a bit of a hero that way yeah he but, kicks ass pretty much doesn't but, he he's a bit of a... but the court wants to like stop because of what's just happened and he's like, yeah, well, he's I'm, like I'm not done yet so yeah. it, 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 it comes across like a one line doesn't it so like 
but I'm not done. <laughs> yeah, but it, I more. think it's, it's pretty good shorthand for he's got a very good way with Rachel. He's quite charming. We're introduced to the coin. He's very good at his job. He's very methodical. Um, and at, when push comes to shove, he's quite brave. Um, he's got a wonderful temperament and he's not frightened to take on the mob. Mm. Um, so a lot, yeah. a lot got across in that sequence. Rules of steel. It, it is. I mean, I did think that as well about the whole, like, oh, was this, like, kind of riff on what, how he, the old acid attack thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you, it's little things like well, how how does someone sneak in a gun <laughs> to to a court hearing? I, I don't know. Um, it, but, okay, well, I guess we'll just have to, like, you know, like, like acid, I guess. Uh, obviously, yeah. obviously, because I think... Despite the fact that the Batman's cleaned up the mob, they you know the police are still uh, by and large corrupt. Uh, but I think what we what we see in the okay. film is not like it's not it's different. It's not paid off like they were before. I think now they kind of have to kind of like go with well threaten your family. Kind of they like, leverage fear yeah. and they leverage. I mean, they pick on the weak effectively, and I don't necessarily mean weak of nature, but people who have pressure points. As we get to people in hospital people with heavy medical bills that sort of thing yeah so it's a little bit uh, so, different yeah. this time so obviously they've so, had to they've had to go desperate as well so um, absolutely so yeah. we've been reintroduced to dent we've been reintroduced to batman we've been reintroduced to alfred and batman's and the next um, scene so that's ne- what's next the next scene is rachel though this is straight after and like the and rachel is surprisingly enthusiastic the fact that Someone's just pulled a gun on it, a gun on him, given the fact that her last boss, stroke boyfriend, uh, got shot doing his job. Yeah. So she's yeah, like, so like, oh, if you're not, if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she's very, very cheerful about that. She's, fact, but, yeah, she's a bit like, you know, plucky. It's like, hang on, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had mixed feelings about this. I think I said it last week, but for continuity, I'd rather have had Katie Holmes. But then I watch a couple of scenes this time and think, oh, I can't imagine Katie Holmes doing that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Katie Holmes would have put, played it better. She would have played it like how she did. She would have been a little bit more like. Actually, yeah, I can't imagine saying that, that line, but she probably would have deliberately different. She would have played it a little bit more kind of ironically, a little bit more like. Well, you know, you know, sort of. If you get, well, if you're not getting shot, you know, you're not doing your job right. I guess <laughs> a little bit. I think all the film's trying to get across at this point is that there's like a playful bond between them, mm. and it's probably uh, they have excitement with him as well. It's like, oh my god, yeah, this guy's getting shit in. Yeah, they're dating. Um, we take a while to find that. We we don't, we that's implied from the very first time Alfred and Bruce are talking, but obviously it's not really confirmed how close they are until we get to the restaurant scene. Mm. Um, and then th- and that's. And then in the corridor, they get um, they get established that they're going to that Harvey's going to meet Gordon, and she oh she's a friend oh he's be nice to him, and then we go straight to Harvey meets Gordon. Yeah, and I think this leads right into what you're saying about um, uh, corruption still being rife. Mm. Gordon is working with a load of people who've been either indicted, investigated, or whatever, and they don't. He doesn't really have any say. He's got to work. He works in an imperfect world. He knows he does. You know, it's almost like, you know, you campaign in in poetry, you govern in prose. Harvey's just been campaigning. He's not been DA very long. So he's got a lot of idealism about him. And and Gordon's there 
little bit older and a little bit more sort of we make do. Nothing's ever perfect. Yeah. Um, and and he, he does say, I think he, he says, uh, Gordon says to Batman in, in that earlier scene that once we let him in on this, he's going to want in. He's going to want part of mm. this. And he does say to him, you know, we if you're trying to hit them where it hurts financially, that's great. Um, Lau, we tried to get... Um, well, no, we don't. That's a little bit later on. That's on the roof. Sorry, but he insists he wants to meet Batman. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, it, it's kind of like a different turn. You imagine this guy being by the book and being like, "No, you can't trust like a random vigilante." What are you doing? Mm. But he kind of like is seeing a bigger picture almost. He's saying, "Look, I want to meet him. I want him." You know, like it's you know, relevant I, when we get to the restaurant as well. He sees himself as Batman's long-term successor, but mm. not as the Batman. And Batman sees him as his long-term yeah. successor. You've you've got it, it, the other thing is I, I will just say, and I, I don't want to keep going on about comic books, a because I don't know them that well, and b because those that I do know I've kind of forgotten sort of most of anyway. But I do remember that from a comic book where you had them stood in a triangle on the roof by the bat signal. Those three people mm-hmm. stood talking. As I say, there's a lot more comic book in this. Bizarrely, last week is more of a comic book film than this, but I feel almost like there's more comic book in this. In that, I, I see lots of things where I go, yeah, I kind of recognise that. Um, yeah, so Gordon has met. There's clearly some antipathy between the two. There's uh, an implication that Harvey had some rather unflattering nickname that mm-hmm. we, it's not revealed, but I think anyone who does know any of the comics guessed at the time. Um, where do we go from I, that? I, I like um, Gordon's throwaway line. Or, you know, I don't know what that is. You know, yeah, we all know what your nickname is, mate. Yeah, we all know your Gotham's White Knight as well. So it's a little bit. Oh, okay, that's so interesting. She... Yeah, that really struck me. Obviously, you've got the two. You know, you've got two faces, which we'll know later on. And the White Knight does the complete, you know, separation of the two. Yeah, the White quite, Knight. The White Knight's a bit on the nose because obviously the Dark Knight is Batman. Well, yeah, that's it, and you've got and that also, as well. So. When later on with the dawn is coming, well, that's talking about crime, but obviously he's there to represent hope. Essentially. Yeah. Knight in shining armour. Yeah. So where we go for there, Becca? Um, boardroom meeting. Um, yeah, got oh, this is, yeah, this is where we meet Lau for the first Shady time. Mr. Yeah. We're reintroduced to Lucius. Uh, the thing that confused me, again, I, I don't know whether the original Wayne Tower was um, damaged in the last film what with where the train came down and stuff. I'm not sure. Uh, but obviously it's a different Wayne building they're in this time. So it's another thing that sort of cements the visual disconnect between the two films. Uh, they're in a different Wayne building. But Lau is putting together... Lau and Lucius are putting together some business deal. I don't think we're ever really told what... No, it just turns uh, out to be generally shonky. Bruce is sat there but falling asleep. Um, <laughs> I think that's quite funny. And you've got yeah, um, Mr. Dodgy Mr. Reese as well. Comic book. You know, he goes about his day's procedures like half looking out the window wanting to be out there. Yeah, definitely. But, um, but at the same time, you look, you know, you're going to be living a double life. You're working two jobs. You are going to be queen cracker, aren't you? Well, he's, yeah. been, he's, been, he's, he's literally been up all night fighting crime. I mean, like, he was, there, yeah. he was at, the, at the parking parking lot uh, at night and by early hours of the morning he's he's there at the bank sort of like mind numbing board meetings yeah. so of course you're going to be sleeping aren't you so fair enough so yeah so I, it, I just think it's, and it's the point here of this scene the whole point of this scene is, is twofold 
uh, well, it's two or threefold. Firstly, it's introducing us to Lab, who, who will come back later. Secondly, there's the reference to 8% growth, uh, growth in his business every year, which is not only rather uniform, but rather high. So there's the immediate suggestion of money laundering. And I got that immediately. I immediately thought, well, he must be, that must be related to the previous scene. It, he's money laundering for the mob. Um, and the third is obviously Bruce gets to we can reintroduce to Lucius as the idea of, of this universe's Q and Bruce wants a new outfit yeah well you know uh, free bonds is a little 90s Mr. Wayne quite like that <laughs> and it's also there's, there's a lot of um, levity and brevity in this film as well there's a lot more brevity um, a lot of light moments and sort of comedy kind of sprinkled in here and there which really kind of breaks it up I think it's not too despite it's like gritty and tough demeanour. There are some light moments, which are done and handled really well. I think there's quite a lot of levity in this film, and, and and it's more now the more I think about it. The films that try to ape this by going dark, I think missed it entirely. They go this, too dark. There's a danger of got by layers. going too dark, isn't there? There's a lot of films. There's a lot in this film that's kind of funny. You know, every almost everything out of Lucius' mouth is quite funny. He has some great lines in this um, film, doesn't he? he Alfred's, got, Alfred's got a few funny bits. Yeah, this isn't. This is quite amusing in places. Um, so yeah, uh, we are aware that Lau is doing something dodgy. Bruce has, uh, ends up cancelling that deal, but him and Lucius both knew. Yeah, they just wanted to be sure. This one's um, shit. Have a cuss. Bruce is a little bit crooked. The crooked as well. Now, now the thing that you don't always pick up is I made the link that it's something to do with money laundering. I made the link that Bruce recognised it was money laundering. I didn't immediately make the link that Batman's talking about money laundering with Gordon. Bruce finds out about this money laundering and they put together that that has to be Lau. He must be the mob guy. He's, and he's the connection. So when they get to the roof and they are talking, we know that it's Lau because we saw the first Joker scene, which we'll get to. But ba- Bruce... Batman knew because of chatting to Gordon and also Wayne Enterprises that they immediately know that it's Lau they have to go and bring back. Mm. They get to figure it out first, and then obviously the audience are like, oh yeah. So basically, it's a, it's a very Batman smart film, doing isn't it? detective work for the first time. Yeah, he's yeah. actually working things out. Yeah, one, there wasn't much of that by in himself. the first one. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's actually much of it in any of them, really. <laughs> um, actually doing his job. Yeah. So yeah, so um, yeah, so we also get introduced to uh, is it uh, Reese or, or Coleman Reese? Coleman Reese, yeah. Who's there like... was originally uh, there was originally a suggestion, Mysteries. Reese, mm. because mm. um, he's a got ginger hair as well, it makes him yeah, well, possibly yeah. the Riddler. I... I never thought that would happen. It's a little bit of a plot on because it's like yeah, you think he'd have been happy. I find for the that rest very. That's kind of a very like yeah. tenuous link. I'm They're not, burning through. It doesn't matter. It may have been I'm not convinced. anyway. But there was, um, yeah, he's there to. Well, he was auditing the whole land thing for that deal, but he actually says there's some problems with our numbers as well. We're just burning through money, and obviously later in the film we see he goes and he goes to investigate that further and finds Batmobile plans and everything, and that plays into a yeah. bit later in the film. But where do we go to next, then, Becca? Oh, do we meet the Joker now? Do we have the video scene? Um, yeah, that's... no. Or we have no. Or we have the the, the dinner scene where they work out the the fundra- fundraiser. Well, this film is is really quite tight for its running time. 
So now everything, the other thing about this film is almost everything is advancing plot or, plot or character. It's actually quite tight for the length of film. So now we need to see that, I mean, Bruce has been watching Harvey. Harvey fancies himself as the sort of long-term successor to Batman, we believe. We can see that he's quite idealistic. He doesn't voice that till later. In fact, he voices it in this meeting. He's not going to want to be doing this forever. But we need to see Bruce at being Bruce to remind us he's still a bit of a playboy. Yeah. Uh, but also, we need to see him interact with Harvey. We need to see... Yeah, I, well, I think this seems well, wonderful. This is Bruce sort of in the moment deciding he can trust him. Because at this point, he hasn't met him yet. And he's like, well, is he who he says he is? And so they have this like conversation and... You know, when and then the moment he sort of he goes, All right, well, I hand you a fundraiser. You know, in other words, I will pay you for re-election. I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm and not, you, you know, I'm not for election for another three years. It's like, well, I'm, I'm convinced now. It's like I believe in Harvey Dent, and it's basically, was it like, if you, if you meet my, my pals, basically, you won't ask for another cent. He understands yeah. where the Batman comes from, as a, a culturally, mm. he understands how that society has evolved to create the dish, the conditions that has allowed Batman to operate he is actually balanced when he talks about batman he's he's never pro vigilanteism but he he understands why that mm. has happened i i think it's extremely cleverly put together we do see there's a couple of unsubtle things like we really do see bruce listening and getting it there might as well be a speech bubble yeah I mean, um, what also what um, what also there's the little sort of thing where like the the ballet dancer puts the uh, the menu or card whatever it is in front of uh, Harvey Dent. Like, what is Harvey Dent? We 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 really was Batman, and you kind of like see the jawline. Think, oh, that is so Batman. <laughs> like, Hancock <laughs> could have played Batman. Yeah, yeah, um, they could have yeah, done easily. It's a clever scene in that we we see that we again everything is so well thought out in this film to a degree that actually knocks Batman Begins into a cocked hat in that everything, every every dint of body language in this is telling you something. We see we see Harvey's idealism. We also see a little bit of sort of impatience with him at times, and that will come in. He's, he does have sort of impulse control issues. We see him reach for Rachel's hand. We see Bruce notice him. It, we see all of this. And, yeah, so we now know that Harvey is, from Bruce's perspective, the future of Gotham. So where do you go to next? Next on my list. We see the video scene. Oh, right, so, yes, yeah, uh, so you've got, yeah, like... The, the, with, the, with the television and the video in the background. Oh. And this is where we see the Joker again. Yeah, so this is basically where he starts off with, like, the mob having a meeting and uh, Lau of... And that was like on the TV screen, like on a plane back to Hong Kong. Um, when, when they kind of know he's the weak link, he just sort of covers his, he's like puts, puts his hand to the screen and was like, no. Yeah. So. so yeah, he kind of like, okay, well, I've already taken your money because I had to act quickly, but trust me, your money is safe. I'm very good with numbers. I'm very good with calculations. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's very um, it's a stereotypical aspect there. Uh, I just like the fact there's a few things. Firstly, although they're indoors with no obvious windows, the scene is quite bright. Mm. And again, it all it all links to this. They're operating in daytime now because you know the Batman. Yeah, the DC gets to come out at night. Yeah. Um, 
I also love the fact that Heath Ledger is unhinged without being ridiculously over the top. I mean, just little things like where they say freak and he goes, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they, they call him the little crazy. Uh, and he, goes, I'm not, I'm not. He, he, he kind of like, repeats it and he's like, I'm not. But, you know, compare that to Jared Leto. Mm. You know? God. Um, <laughs> I know. It's a sort of like, like little laugh as well. When, like, uh, and again, you, it, it, it's, it is it's, like... It's when he's like, you think you think you can like sort of just like come in and take our money? Yeah. He <laughs> always, always yeah, gets a yeah, laugh when he's that. that. He's vicious. You know, he, 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 he's somebody vicious. who believes that these really grand ideas are actually really normal and achievable and things that you can actually do. Like, oh yeah, just going to kill somebody. Yep, why not? Just going to steal that money. Why not? Let's do it. And it's like, mm, really? But no, the um, I just oh, I remember seeing that on the big screen when he's like, like, I can make this pencil disappear, and you just think, oh, death by pencil, and it's like the most tense introduction to a character. It'd be quite difficult to do, actually. It'll be like, imagine like, of like so the pencil just falling off, and like, oh no, go again. <laughs> again, wonderful scene in the film because it was just great shorthand. I mean, yeah. the film is that tells is you everything you need to know. It's, it's, it's an intro, it's an introduction to the character as well. You know, five like... seconds flat. That tells you everything. But yeah, but it's it's even beyond that. You got Michael J. White there playing, you know, that guy's boss, and you know he's ready to try to kick the Joker's ass. Well, firstly. The Joker's a step ahead. Secondly, he's calmer. They're all losing their tempers, mm-hmm. and he's just seeing an opportunity. Yeah, he's very chill. Um, he, his goals are rather anarchic. We find out later he doesn't care about the money at all. Uh, the mob, are, the mob, generically, obviously it's different gangs and different groups and different families, but the mob, mob generically, are a mess at the moment. Yeah. And he's able to walk into that chaos. Uh, and just hold court. This film is just communicating everything really, really efficiently, and Heath Ledger has just made a really wonderful debut. Yeah, we, we get into introduction with him like doing the the whole pastiche of the la- of laughing, but kind of like doing that fake laugh, ha ha ha, ho ho, you know, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's just dynamic on screen the whole the whole time I mean the, the strong intro he, he sort of he and when, he, when he's talking about about it he kind of he, he, you are set there going like he's fucking right Batman will just like fucking fuck it I'll go to Hong Kong and get him <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and you can't meet in the he's like you said that and I, I Batman know. has no jurisdiction yeah so no. what do you think no, is going to happen no he can go wherever yeah. he wants so and you know, I know, I know the squeals, and you, you look at Lau, and you think, yeah, he's a fucking pussy. Of course, he's gonna fucking squeal. Of course he's gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, really wonderful scene. We're properly introduced to Eric Roberts, so we can kind of see that he's like the main man now. He has nothing like the power or control Falcone had. Now, that's mm. two things. Firstly, he's not the number one in the same way as Falcone, but secondly, the Batman's been active so it's far less controlled than it was under under him yeah and just the fact it's in the basement of some hotel somewhere isn't it it's just like rather than if it was just like out in like Farconi's bar somewhere you know they would you know they they would they would have no hesitation to sort of like do deals wherever they were now they have to kind of hide away and kind of and sort of be discreet about things and kind of like you can just tell that the, the standards have just like dropped now so, yeah, it's uh, really good. So where do you go from there, then? Or is there any more you want to add to um, this? Is that I think we, we do have, do we we do go have to the, the rooftop? Trio, the trio on the roof. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Again, it's going logically where I think it should go each time. Yeah. That logically you think, okay, well, they want to meet. 
Lau is disappearing. The Joker has told us that Lau is going to be the problem. The mob are in disarray, but they think they're safe and they think their money's out. So we need to put into train Batman getting out of being tasked with going to get him back. Mm. Yeah. So we cut to the rooftop. We can see Harvey Dent is a little bit impatient. Him and Gordon don't get on particularly well. So again, we've got a bit of character work yeah, there. Yeah, a bit of tension they're, between the they're, two. They're both pissed off. And I don't know if you noticed the camera work in this. Like when, uh, when they're... The dark when side of his face. No. Um, when, when like, obviously at the beginning of the scene, Harvey and Gordon are kind of arguing. They're pissed off. Batman's just standing there. But while those two are arguing, the camera's spinning because there's no... It's, it's dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, there's no, like, everything's around. kind of like in chaos, but it's the moment Batman's just said, I can get loud, the camera stops. And then it cuts right. to a regular thing. It means like, okay, now there's a sense of control now. Yeah, he's, he's kind of the one who brings order and control. Yeah. Well, in, in that scene, yeah, I think that's very clever. There's that kind of like, like when they're arguing, everything's like up, or like everything's like up in the air, so everything's spinning. In a moment, like, oh, well, actually, we have a plan. We then... also don't know, yeah, but also we don't know whose perspective this is from. In the, are we supposed to? We don't know really who we're supposed to be siding with. It's a Batman film, but he's very much the third wheel in this scene because less is more. So he's more intimidating and more effective the less he says. But we're not really siding with Dent because we don't know whether to trust him. He's a politician and all the rest of it. So the camera is continually spinning around. We don't know who we're, whose perspective we're watching this. Mm. Who are we with in this scene? It's, it's pretty effective. But the gist is, he says, uh, if I get him, can you get him to talk? Yeah. That, that's the gist of this sequence. Um, recriminations between the law and the legal department in that we told you not to let him go. Uh, that kind of doesn't matter. Batman is just purely, if I can get him, can you make use of me having got him? Yeah. And, and yeah, the answer there is just... Yeah, I can make him sing. Because obviously he's a fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> You're selling no, I, think, I think we go straight on to new uniform then, don't we? You've seen, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, we obviously, go straight yeah, on to how, new how uniform How they're going to plan the trip to Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, first reference to... Well, I think it's a Bond reference because Skyhook was something we saw in You Only Live Twice, mm-hmm. which was a 1960s Bond film, and, and he does say... He yes, mention, this is what they used in the 60s. 60s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I've got a fun fact coming up about that as well. Oh, no, you haven't? You've got a back fact. I've got a fun back fact. There's also the thing with, like, the... Um, the yeah, back. The, back. What what, oh. <laughs> the, what what they call those uh, those things on his uh, on, on his wrists? You know the the cap the they can they 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 fly out like daggers in this film. I don't know. Oh, they're kind of like shuriken, but not quite shuriken because they're not quite star shaped. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, basically, get we get into, gauntlets. Yeah, gauntlets. Um, yeah. They you know uh, Fox shows in that, and that's very sort of like bonding. Those are gauntlets. Those are his gloves, aren't they? Like coordinates. Yeah, sort of like new sort of thing. Like, so, oh, okay. Um, and new, new types of armour as well. Yeah, we get introduced to, to the new suit, which makes him more susceptible to getting stabbed as well. Yeah, is the it... gist is that like the individual bits are, are, are as strong as ever, although they're a bit lighter. Mm. But of course, to, to give him flexibility, it, it's much more piecemeal, so there's gaps. Yeah. So he's much easier to shoot or stab. But the gist is he needs he's lighter because he says he's too heavy. He needs to be more flexible outfit, as well. And he needs to be able to turn his head. It'd be handy for coming out, you know. 
reversing out, he says. <laughs> Which I think yeah. is quite funny. So, uh, yeah, we go straight for that and then we get to... Is it like we get get a mixture of cuts with the ballet with the ballet getting closed and like Harvey and Rachel yeah, getting pissed yeah, off. The ballet is, like, I love away, that. Like, They've got to find a cover story and again. He's a billionaire so he can buy anything but also he's established he's a fucking waster. So it is <laughs> like, you know, it, you know, he's a sort of <laughs> he's a sort of person who'd buy like a rare stamp just to set fire to it or stick it on a fucking like letter Bruce's <laughs> million style. Yeah, he's basically absconded with the ballet. It's, it's, it's very and different to like Adam West, who's so, you know, a bit of a ladies' man, Batman kind of style, Bruce Wayne. But you've got like billionaire playboy, you know. Well, he is a playboy, though, isn't he? As a character, he may not be actually shagging them, but the gist is he takes the ballet on his boat and it closes down. So he's yeah. brought out the ballet and taken all these sort of, like, dancing stars on holiday with him. <laughs> on, a, on a massive jolly. That's the, the idea. And, and, just, and just leaves Alfred with, with them all, and somehow Alfred's pissed off by that. Well, what are you upset about, buddy? <laughs> Imply you your own bloody uh, suntan you've got, lotion. You've got a billionaire's yacht. You know, reflective glory, you could do all right here. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, oh, woe you, you have to, like, apply sun cream on, on like, some fit bird. Yeah. So yeah. Multiple <laughs> oh dear, fit such birds. Hardship. <laughs> such hardship, yeah. Fit birds. Who are quite flexible. Oh yeah. Bendy. Bendy, yes. You said it, Becca. Filthy mind. <laughs> um why why would Bendy help the Becca? <laughs> I don't know. Really? I bet you do. Well yeah, if you're a dancer, so the... you're gonna be quite bendy, aren't you? So you could do lots of different moves. Yeah. Um and also anyway. At the same time, he sent Lucia Sava over from Bruce from Wayne Ent- from Bruce Enterprises. Bruce Enterprises. <laughs> Bruce Enterprises. <laughs> <From> Wayne... <laughs> Enterprises run by Bruce. Um, he sent <laughs> Wayne Bruce. Bruce. He sent him off over there to piss Lau off, basically. But he's gone over there for a business meeting, which means he can get into the building and get the lay of the land. I'm going to form a company called Chris Corp. <laughs> Chris Corp. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. Core, Chris. Chris, core, Chris, core. That's what I reckon. Chris Industries. Or... <laughs> Dave Industries. How Dave. about, you burn me? <laughs> no, which we have to. <laughs> we have to, bro. No chance. And, and the tagline would be, and now you expect, <laughs> expect my help. Now you want my help. Yeah. Mark? <laughs> oh dear, I was looking. I was going back through back episodes the other day when I was rearranging my library, and I got one. Of the, I got to the one where you introduced me as David Burke. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. It's uh, it's David Burke. I got David Burke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I try not right. to mix the names up, but inevitably it's going to happen. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> We're now in Hong oh, Kong. Tell me He's about it, old Leslie Nielsen thing. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius, because you asked what I thought of Leslie Nielsen, and I didn't clue in. I was like, why the fuck is he <laughs> What do I think of Leslie Nielsen? What? <laughs> All right. That was um, actually really clever. I enjoyed that quite a lot. <laughs> that was good fun. All right. So we're now in Hong Kong, um, oh, and Lau is based there, and Lucius goes in to meet him. I get where he is, how it's laid out, and also leave effectively a little sonar device there in a mobile phone. Yeah. 
that's quite clever. We'll see that used again throughout the film, won't we? That's quite. An we we will, but obviously there's there's a question of again. It, it's all in the themes of the time, proportionality. You know, yes. when you think of when I think of George Bush, one of the first things that comes to mind is the Patriot Act. Yes, that was and, the big thing come, and, to come and, up. And, and, level, and it, it comes to this point, and it, it, this themes of this in 1984. Multiple works of fiction over the years, and, and elements of it in in sort of our history as well that when we are perceived to be under threat, our politicians use it as an opportunity to reduce our freedoms. Yeah, reduce civil liberties. Um, whether that's right or wrong depends on on personal perspective. But you go back and look at the Patriot Act and it, it was sort of, it, it got to the point where the government could do anything and we didn't have any like Yeah, they could basically tap in, listen to your phones, internet, all the rest and of it. And it's the same here. Each just buys into it with one man. Well, is that... Is that any more right or wrong than an entire city? And and those sorts of themes and those sorts of things to think about weren't really in Batman Begins. This film has very different aims. Um, and also we get plenty of pretty IMAX with this as well, this whole Hong Kong sequence. Well, I guess with Lucius, he, like, he knows it's for this purpose, so he knows this person's guilty, so it's the purpose of getting him. But whereas, like... Doing a whole city, you're kind you of draw, yeah. But where do you draw the line? Well, yeah, exactly. Joker who's got bombs? Where? Yeah. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm saying you could sit and talk about it all evening. Mm. No problem at all. I really am impressed with this film, and I love the fact that Morgan Freeman, as an actor, has just got this ability to walk in and say anything with a slight smirk on his face. And he's he never enjoying the shit out of doing never, this. He's really he's, having a great time, isn't he? I mean, it may be it is acting and we know different, but I, I sit and watch this thing. Morgan Freeman fucking loved being in these. Did he yeah. not? He must have done. Um, and he, he smiles a lot, but there's, there's never any arrogance there. There's yeah. always just the vaguely amused. Yeah. And it's almost like it is that kind of. I remember joking about Q in one of the films where I'd say, you know, Q said to Bond, you know, can I come with you? There's a bit of that to it. There's a bit of like, all right, it's a bit of a caper, isn't it? <laughs> I like this. I do like this. We see the new outfit in action for yeah. the first time as well. And he basically busts himself into Lau's floor building, whatever it is. Um, Lau's Enterprises. Yeah. <laughs> it's called like LIS or something, isn't it? It's yeah, he uses, he uses these basically sticky bombs, doesn't he? Yeah. He's in through the window. He's got three minutes, I think I, it is, to I, do I, it. I like how he comes in as well because he literally like glides in and just like sort of falls in like a bat and just smashes through the window. I've always liked that. They're, they're, yeah, I've always liked those sorts of moves. I think it's really great. Um, the fighting here, I didn't like as much. I love the sequence, but the hand-to-hand stuff doesn't look as good to me. No, I can't remember too much about it, but it's, okay. it's kind of mostly the dark, is, isn't he it? Breaks it? He breaks in, grabs him, stands near a window, waits for those bombs to take effect, mm. then lets up a balloon with a light on it that Skyhook will grab and pull them out. Now, I've got one question. Like, so what happens when... So Sky... So Sky... <laughs> Sky grab. Uh, Sky grab grabs Batman and Lau. What does Batman do? So does Sky grab actually know who Batman is? And I, uh, I never understood. Well, that's why an enterprise is, isn't it? I mean, they don't. I don't know. Is the honest answer, yeah. but there's no reason. I there's nothing know. to say. There's nothing to say he has to take off his like cowl when he gets on there. He's just but like, oh, the I can just pick up Batman. <laughs> okay. Well, the pi- the pilots could be in the front of the cockpit and have no fucking idea what's going mm. on in the back, other than you know. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, 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 it, it's potentially a plot hole, but I've never particularly worried about it. Mm. 
it, it's Bruce Wayne's people getting him out of there. And if it was like the army, the, the Air Force or whatever, well, they're doing a job for Batman in return for money. I don't really know, but I don't think... There's no smoking gun to suggest there's any problem here. We can knock out Lau no problem at all. Yeah. So Lau doesn't have to see anything, and, and nor does he have to reveal who he is. Yeah. And we sort of saw the next scene, we see Lau like, tied up. Lau is the... basically... Yeah, he's basically on the on the doorstep of police headquarters. Yeah. Practically with a, a bow on, <laughs> tied up in a bow, yeah, practically. Quite close to that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so... And then, what way do we go from there? Is it the party? Yes. Again, I'm not looking at this. I just think the film's quite logically laid out. Mm. We've been teased a party. We haven't gone straight from one scene to the other, but you can't forget it for like an hour, can you? No. So we go to the party now, and again, we see perfect balance of like asshole um, Bruce and actually trying to do the right thing Bruce. I love that he flies into his own place by helicopter as well. And he's got these bevy of beautiful ladies behind him as well. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and he's um, he's like acting, he's act, again, he's acting a bit drunk and a bit sort of like, well, where's our, oh, there he is, there he is. Lovely. Sort of, yeah, where's yeah. Rachel, there she is. Great slogan, slogan Harvey. <laughs> yeah. he's, trying, he's trying to be like sarcastic, but also he, he does actually sort of mean it as well. He's trying to come off a thing as a little bit almost uninformed. A little bit later in the film, um, we get, you don't watch an awful lot of news, do you? And I think there's a little bit of... He, he's trying to portray that he knows what he's likes, he knows what's right, but he's still a bit of an asshole playboy. So he can make mm. fun of you, but he does... He's still trying to separate himself yeah. from, obviously, Bruce it, Wayne and Batman. Quite a balance of that, it really is. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, and uh, we do see that it's really subtly done, and it's quite easy to miss, but he walks out into the balcony, just empties his glass. Mm. But it's done in a flash. You could yeah, he, do, yeah, he does it so casually, like, yeah. But no one hasn't said, and then you throw it off. There's nothing too dramatic or overplayed about it. It's just a real throwaway thing. Yeah. I also liked um, Michael Caine's uh, line of, like, of to Dent, where he says, uh, oh, any Ed, scary ex-boyfriends? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> that was in most of the trailers. I also yeah. like she goes out. But again, we do have dialogue. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's Nolan's biggest um, plus as a filmmaker, but we do have him explain to uh, Rachel that like Batman could be coming to an end now mm. because of Harvey. So the scenes of everything so far has mm. got across. Yeah, you're kind of still, you know, putting those wheels in motion, aren't you? That it could be coming towards towards the end. He still thinks he's going to get Rachel. Yeah, he's still uh, hanging on that promise, isn't he? Yeah. And you've got uh, Dent sort of thinking... At this stage, I'm not 100% convinced it's impossible. At this stage. I think it's unlikely. But she hasn't completely decided about Harvey. And the thing that seems to make her mind up is um, Harvey taking the fall for being a Batman later yeah. on. She's more pissed at him, though, isn't it? At Bruce for letting I think it happen. At the moment, it's a bit up in the air. Mm. It, it still could go either way. Uh, and then what? Oh, have we missed the bit with? Um, have we missed the bit with all the mob people being arrested? That's a bit later, isn't it? That's a bit later on. Yeah, no, we got um, at this party. This is the, the Gamble appearance. Uh, yeah, making an appearance, and also the Joker as well. 
Um, yes, but again, it's, it's, this is all like cutting with other scenes with other scenes as well. Obviously, we get like uh, like get Gordon informed that like the the DNA in the Joker card had like Harvey Dent's uh, the judge. Um, hand, hand, who's, who's handling? But the we game. have to see that judge first, so we must have seen that scene where she puts away the you know. Oh yes, mobsters. sorry. My... And she she looks through her paperwork, and there's a Joker's mm. card there. Yeah. They then find a Joker's card on. I can't remember who they find that card on. Yeah, a few different people on the uh, the mayor as well. No, no. What I mean is they they find a card. It's on uh, Commissioner Loeb. um... No, yeah, yeah, sorry, it's the the mayor. They find the card. No, no, no. What I'm saying is they find the card that's got those three lots of DNA on it. Um... But where do they find that card? What? Who's that card on? They say we found this card and it's got three sets of DNA: the commissioner, the judge, and Harvey Dent. Well, it was found on the, on the judge, though, wasn't it? Or was that a different card? No, it's a different card. That okay. Was just a uh, I imagine probably from uh, the bank. I'd have thought. I don't know. I actually don't know. Okay, it's probably really um, obvious. Um, unless they just sent. Unless Joker just sent it to him. No, they they do say that they've forgotten uh, that they found it on somebody. Mm. Um. Yeah, at the same time, you've got... They're trying to kill the Joker, the Michael J. White guy. He kills Gamble and takes over that group. Um, and so Joker's working with them. I, I know, I, Dent- I think we have just missed a bit, because no, no... It, what, what, we have what, missed Dent arresting the entire mob. We yeah, have. we have missed. And also, what you have is the, uh, the, the dead vigilante guy. That scare jump. You know, where, 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 where Dent's talking to the mayor. Yeah, and that might be yeah. it. That might be it. And the card is, or it might even have been the, the guys at the crime scene. Anyway, they do find that the Joker is looking to kill the mayor, mm. Commissioner Loeb, and the judge that provide, presided over that mob trial. And um, and, and they have that, they, that thing where he makes a promise of like killing everyone, um, so, like people every day until Batman gives up it. Yeah, we're not there no, yet. We haven't quite got we're not that there yet. yet. That is that is later on. We'll get to that. Yeah, At the ahead. moment, Bruce is aware of this or finds out about this, so he gets rid of. Uh, he basically knocks Harvey out, so Harvey's safe, and then goes and hides in the. It looks like he's hiding in the panic room and being busy, yeah. but he's just trying to get out to become Batman. Uh, at the same time, uh, the judge is bombed, a car bomb, and I think that comes. That is uh, inside information from, again, it's very similar to what happens to Harvey later. It's the corruption of the police that are tailing her. Mm. So one of the police is one of the guys in the bar that that Harvey kills later. Uh, Then you've got Commissioner Loeb's. Commissioner Loeb's death, I think, is really quite harrowing because he clearly drinks some kind of acid. Yeah, it's like poison, isn't it? They They lock down the police headquarters... But they said, well, how would they get my DNA? And and he realises that he must have probably been in his office. Yeah. And it's too late by then. So Loeb is, Loeb is poisoned. The other one's blown up. And Harvey is saved purely because Bruce was there, realised, and turns up as Batman. And he turns up. The Joker gets in because of that police officer, the one that Harvey kills mm. later. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is a pretty good sequence, actually. We, we get the... Yeah. We have the good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. But the fact that we kind of every time he's like, "Oh, do you want to know how I got these scars?" is like, he tells a different story. 
So you really, you never know. We have, we you have, don't really get, you never get a handle on him. Despite my notes, we have missed missed the fact that uh, we have missed jo- quite a big chunk of scenes. <laughs> jo- Joker's killed uh, Gamble. Mm. Yeah, that, 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 that first, you know, I get my scar scene, and that that one, that was one of the things that, that bothers me about about that scene is he puts him right to his like, how does he kill? How does he kill him? Like he just puts well, he just breaks his breaks his neck, I think. Uh, could stab him in the throat. Who knows? The the point is that's the twelve A rating. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just rather he did it somewhere like something a little bit more like oh right, so he's dead so I said think hang on he just slashed his cheek why well, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. he takes Whatever. a long time to die of blood loss but no that is the yeah twelve A rating um, yeah the twelve on on Blu Ray so we've now um, got uh, mind the... you though I would, if I had a twelve year old I might not let them watch this film I don't know uh, I don't know how happy I would be I watched everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I tend to... Becca, he's seen everything. I've seen everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to think that. Um, yeah, I think this is a really, really good section of the film. You've got uh, also you've got uh, there's a su- suggestion of Harvey Dent because he kills a couple of police officers who are called like Harvey and Dent or something like mm-hmm. that. And he's all. They also find a newspaper that has an obituary. For the still alive mayor that's been put in there. So then we've got Loeb's funeral, I think. At the same time, we've got we've got the funeral and we've got Batman trying to reconstruct uh, that what happened to that bullet to figure out who fired it into that wall because he believes something is going to happen at Loeb's yeah, funeral. Yeah, he, he he's like, you know, basically, let me have Tim seconds in that scene before your men come and contaminate it and he just sort of cuts a bit out of the wall I, with a sonic screwdriver how's he and... get fingerprints though from it i never figured that out well it appears the film appears to tell us that he basically recreates the conditions yeah in order and what he does is he's able to he's able to use his computer to scan it and see how you put back together the bullet he fired right and he can then replicate that on what happened in that wall put it together I had to get the fingerprint. And, and get the fingerprint. I think it's quite far-fetched, actually. I think it's one of the few flaws in the film. It's one of the things that you kind of have to mm. suspend disbelief a little I bit. I just go, well, fair enough. He's, you know, science and shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, Batman. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. I don't like it very much. The in the 60s, is, it would have this great big machine which jo- has a sign over Joker it. Is, the Joker fingerprint is, finder. <laughs> the Joker is so far ahead. Because it's almost like he knows he's going to do that, and he sends him to a lo- it sends him to a location where all he's going to do is distract the police at the very time they go to kill mm-hmm. the mayor. So it's actually the Joker being several steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And then what? What I kind of find interesting is um, Bruce actually goes out as himself. He doesn't go as Batman. He get he, ju- he jumps on his bike and just goes there like yeah. as he is like with. with Bike helmet, basically. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, it's it's just a bit of an odd move. Think normally he'd do anything like this as as Batman, but because I don't know, if it's because mm-hmm. it's during the day or whether because it's during the day. He, he wasn't expecting to find what he found. I don't know. But yeah, no, he he, yeah. he finds. And with like, that as well, you get around a bit quicker on a bike. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, it, it's one of the weaker parts of the film. Right the way up to the sort of dent, kill, uh, the sort of um, uh, Gordon killing. I, I, I'm not that fond of that section of the film, but it is only like four or five minutes. It's not. It doesn't very have a massive much. impact, does it? I don't think. 
No, it's it, all a bit. It does have a, like a, a, a nice set of tension though, with the the Joker theme and in the background. Oh, the Joker theme is brilliant, just like this atonal thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And then you've yeah, got there's um, very much. Um, there's a lot of the to speak of the music a little bit. Obviously, a lot of it is recycled, not recycled, but reused from from the previous film. But I think in terms of there's a lot of not very much, well, in way of like. Um, Okay, this is where like my film A Level is failing me. Um, Non-diegetic music, I think. So it's kind of like his kind of theme, as it were. And then obviously later on during the chase scene, there's basically no score. It's all source music from within the world of the film. Um, like sound is something that is used to great effect in this film. It's used really effectively with the you know, the discordant sound that we hear when when Jake is on screen. Yeah, so they're trying to kill the bear. Uh, Gordon jumps in the way. He's obviously... Uh, and what's, again, I was a little bit confused on first viewing. The gist is they know that there is corruption in both Dent's department and uh, Gordon's department. Everything Gordon and everything one of them is doing is being reported back by people within their department. Uh, the 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 judge has been killed. The commissioner has been killed, and no amount of police protection has stopped that because of infiltration. So Gordon needs everyone to think he's dead. So no one's reporting on his movements. That's why. Yeah, so he, he, was can he can get to the Joker. He can get. He can. He, and he can do it without anyone pre-warning him. It took me a while to get that, but that's what that's what that is. Mm. Because, yeah, he's basically did it to protect his family, really, to kind of, like, um, to kind of go undercover so he knew he won't be a, they won't be a target. It's said that it's to protect his family. I, mm. I just think it's the sheer ability to do the job. Yeah. There's so much corruption in that department that they can't move without it being reported to somebody who's a threat to them. And that could be their family, too, admittedly. But if he's killed no one's going to be watching what Jim Gordon's up to because Jim Gordon doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's no one in his department who's going to be reporting on him. That's the way I've always read it. Yeah, you, you are probably right. I mean, it's probably both sense of the word, really, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I think so. So, uh, yeah, so we get that high scene. Uh, Bruce finds, uh, basically, it's a big setup, bunch of people just, like, tied up. Uh, he has a, a he gets like a police sniper like shot at him because because the the time with the blinds and yeah. like some jerky mm-hmm. movement. Plus, also it's all time succinctly with the 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 uh, the, the riflemen turning and and shoot and shooting at that the stage, and then everything just everyone just scatters. One of the men gets caught, and then where to go from there, Becca? The man who gets caught is um is is wearing a Rachel Dawes. Yeah. Name badge. Yes, yeah, Officer Rachel Dawes. Yeah, he's a bit of a weird one, isn't he? This character here. Yeah, this is where I have to go down the list and see which which scenes we've covered already, because obviously it skips. So we'll see. Well, we we go to um, <laughs> we go, Dent basically grabs that guy, goes somewhere yes. private to interrogate. Yeah, and basically just kind of interrogates him, and it's like, oh, uh, what, you know, what, what do you want doing with one of one of his cronies? See, you know, yeah. you know, go for himself. This is where it gets a little bit kind of like, okay, where are we? Because he. We go from him grabbing him and taking him in the ambulance, and we get like um, this sort of sense of like it dent losing it, and then we get we get sort of like scene with Batman. Is that the, the, um, the nightclub scene? Yeah, we get yes. Batman in a nightclub, and he uh, and we do get a sense. 
We do get a he's sense. He's got of... some moves. <laughs> sort of punching his way through, isn't he? All these people. R- rocking Adam, really Adam West, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's also doing the battle scene. I'd be a bit worried. Um, but we get. He basically he threatens Moroni, and for the first time, the 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 point of Batman of striking fear uh, is failing because Moroni doesn't doesn't sort of. But again, it's escalation. The the, the thing is, this guy could instill fear um, with as far as he would go, but someone came along who's going to go further. They're scared of the Joker. The Joker will kill you, burn you, do anything. No no one's going to cross him for anyone. Yeah, but it's exactly what Gordon said at the end of the last film. We put this up, they put that up, and and it escalates all the way through. Uh, But Batman isn't afraid to hurt people. So he does drop him quite a distance. Yeah. He does break his legs. And he does make it go. Oof. It does it does effectively kill him? But we'll get to that later. And um, he doesn't go. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Sal Maroni, played by Roger Moore. Oh. Um. So yeah, at the same time, yeah, uh, then yeah, Dent is basically flipping a coin with this guy. Trying to make his own look. It's a double-headed coin, so the the guy's in no danger, but he doesn't know that. Batman comes down, and again, it's it's kind of I'm the best, you know. I'm the best. Sorry, I thought you're the best of us. Effectively, mm. if people could see this, you're meant to represent hope. At the same time, um, a little bit earlier on, when he arrested all those guys, he met with the mayor, and we saw that that Batman clothed copy. Yeah, he killed, and we saw the footage of the Joker like torturing and killing him. Yeah, that know. that was like that was like uh, the day of the party. That was like them prepping for the party. That's right, Michael. That was the first footage Michael Caine saw. Was so it? When you see when you see Michael Caine watching that, that's the first time he saw it. It scared, it scared him. It said it really intimidated him. So yeah, you can tell the look on his face. That, you can tell it's genuine, can't you? Yeah, he says he wants to know who Batman is, and every day he doesn't reveal himself. People will die. Mm. After all of this, he basically. Stops him hurting that guy, though he wasn't going to hurt that guy. But he says, I'm going to reveal myself. Gotham is in your hands now. So we're getting towards the final act of the film because we then go uh, straight into the following morning, a press conference. Bruce is there ready to say we've, have we now. Have we not had the um, the talk, the um, Alpha talk about like uh, some men want to watch the world burn? Yeah, that's in there somewhere. Yeah. That's towards the end that of that sequence, isn't it? No, I, I can't remember where exactly that falls. Yeah. But the, the, the gist is that they, they couldn't... It's trying to get a handle on what the Joker wants, yeah. and the answer is nothing, anarchy. really. Nothing, really. Yeah, anarchy. In the USA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing. She had a diamond the size of a tangerine. A ruby. A ruby, sorry. Yeah. Um... It's a good sequence, but like obviously we just skipped over it with no problems. So I think, um, yeah, it, it's just there to say he's not really after anything particularly. Oh yeah, you but it's a good it's him. a good summary of the Joker, though, isn't it? It's just like, oh yeah. well, yeah. It's yeah, like people, I, I have read people say, well, that isn't the Joker. Well, yeah, it is. When you look at the Joker, what he's after, what his background is or isn't, it's really and things like the long Halloween. This is very much the Joker. Yeah, I think I, I think what they mean is like he's he's not as jokey. As that sounds stupid enough. You know, he he isn't as, as bright as as colourful as they. You couldn't have a live action version of the Mark Hamill yeah. Joker. 
I genuinely believe that. And that's not to denigrate his version. It just works in animation. It doesn't work here. Mm. Or it wouldn't work here. But then uh, the Mark Hamill Joker yeah, doesn't kill people, though, does he? Yeah. You can't do with live action cinema, yeah. especially in terms of his in terms of his characterization as well. Um, I think that Mark Hamill's version of it is best suited to the animated world of the animated version of Batman. Um, and Much I don't think fun. even even if, like, for example, you know, he he appeared on screen as live action with all the makeup and all the drink, I don't think it would have the same effect. No, we should have a super effect. Anyway, we may do one day. You never know, but not. We might do. Hammer. That's it. When he's done, when he's done playing Luke. We we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we know that when Dent is sorry, Dent announces he's Batman. <gasps> yeah, he d- he does try, but say. we do see the fact that the the police are are, are, are against him now. So essentially, Batman is now failing. Uh, there, there's yeah, definitely he's... like. Well, he thinks about down. you think about the whole point of what he's set out to do and what he achieved. This is all crumbling down, you know. Like the public, people aren't behind him anymore. No, uh, people don't. They didn't. Criminals they didn't aren't that scared that of him anymore. Uh, some aren't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or they they're scared of another thing more than than the one. Don't really need him around. So everything's kind of like going to shit. So I think he he was probably ready to kind of. Give it up and say, "Well, hand it over." To but them. they, they both. Uh, the, 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 it's the other thing I find fascinating in that Bruce probably correctly believes that the right method is to have the right man doing it through legal means, and then you've got. But you've got Dent on the other hand realizing that there are limits to what he can do, both in jurisdiction and also mm. public opinion. Because once around. once public opinion swings against him too much, he wouldn't be in office anyway. Mm. So. They require each other, but they both think the other is the whole answer. And I find that kind of almost like the tragedy of the film. Bruce is about to give up being Batman because he thinks it's vital we have Harvey. And Harvey effectively ends up throwing his life away here. We, he doesn't realise that at the time. To protect Batman because he's he's convinced Batman is the whole answer at this stage. Mm. I find that really, really interesting. So he's now taken into protective custody, effectively, and driven to, I assume, jail or yeah. at least or something. Somewhere he's being driven. Yeah. But again, this is all being plotted. This is all being roughly orchestrated by the Joker. How much mm-hmm. of this he'd be able to know? But he knows where the the press conference is, and he knows where whoever announces themselves as Batman that day is likely to be taken. Mm-hmm. So he blocks part of the route. So they now have to go effectively underground and be denied air support. That's the whole point of that. And uh, Yeah, uh, and also notice how, like, um, he actually, uh, a fire truck on fire, literally a fire truck. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we also have, like, uh, there's scene for Armour Bruce and Rachel where they have another sort of, like, oh, what will we be together? They have a little... They have a little kiss, and then that scene, she's like, "No, fuck him! I'm choosing Harvey." <laughs> Alfred, give this letter to, to, to Wayne. That's because she seen yeah. um, Harvey taken into custody, and Bruce was there. Mm. And she's like, "Brilliant! He's let Harvey take the fall." So yeah, yeah, um, that's where she writes that letter, gives it to uh, Alfred, and says, "It's not sealed." In other yeah. words, if you want to know when the right time is, just read it. It's fine. Um, so yeah, so 
we, we and get then we've got a pretty long action sequence. It is. It's of a convoy heading towards wherever they're heading for, wherever he is that he needs to go, and the Joker trying to bring them down to kill Harvey Dent. And I've seen breakdowns of this scene that put, put, point out lots of logical fallacies in, in terms of the you know, the order of it, and that doesn't work, and you know things, continuity errors, and all mm-hmm. sorts. The fact is, watching it at normal speed, I think it's outstanding, and it's tense, and it, it's really well timed as well, because you've got the Joker just indiscriminately firing things with slaughter is the best, best medicine written on the side mm-hmm. of the van he's in. And then yeah, it's like, really yeah, he's going to need something more than that to get through this. And then the next thing you see, he's past a bazooka or something. <laughs> um, I really love this. Also, you got a mystery driver as well. Hope you got some moves. I, I really love the fact as well that you've got, I mean, we see it later in the Lamborghini. We'll come back to that. Um, but Bruce is very, very brave. Batman is very brave. He just throws his car in front of that mm. bazooka, destroys the Batmobile. And could have killed him quite easily. Oh yeah, I mean, th- there are certain things of like like, like little nitpick things. Are like Bruce is blatantly blasting like those cars, like sort of seeming like you be sure there's no one in there. Like, yeah. Um, but he's you know it's 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 clear it's clearing away um, yeah. sort of his path really. Uh, and also, so we see the destruction of the Batmobile. We get introduced to uh, what was Bat-pod. It? the Batpod, which is basically like a Batbike, which was hiding in plain sight because it's basically the two front wheels of the yeah of the tumbler. And he's now got that for the duration of the series. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, Anne Hathaway bent over it in the next film yeah. <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good sequence. We've got uh, Batman catches up with the Joker and ugh, basically flips the truck, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and it's, you know, it, 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 hats off to Nolan. He did this for fucking real. Yeah, and they were betting on how it would happen. They ran a load of physics. I mean, they were they, the crew were betting to the centimetre where it would land and mm. things like that. Incredible stunt. Incredible stunt. It's, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely uh, uh, like it's it's something you wouldn't expect either as well. You think normally something like that, just like just just shoot it and it'll end up like crashing or something. But to actually just completely just flip it is just like jaw dropping and think, oh, there's no no CGI in that. That's all real. Um, yeah, and I love that, you know Batman nearly ends up well, he ends up almost hurting himself coming off his mm. bike because he, he want it. Part of him wants to kill the Joker. I like the fact that he's conflicted. I like the fact that it's long been a conversation. Well, how many lives would he save if he, save if he killed the Joker? He could have wounded him, though. He could have, like, just like... Yeah, but he just can't do it. That's not an exact science, though, is it? You can hit an artery, you can do anything. It, it is... Yeah, I, I like this, anyway. I mean, the, just the way the bat pod sort of goes between the wheels and stuff like that to flip it. I, I just think this is a really, mm. really great scene. It's a very and of cool course, bike as well. It's a cool vehicle. I think I prefer it to the um, to the tumbler. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I do like it. The, I, the, the I, I mean, for, you know, it's called gadgetry and everything, but I think it's a very big, very bulky, whereas you had, mm. like, the classic Sydney's Batmobile, for example, obviously, that we haven't seen for a while. Um, and even, like, the, the George Clooney one. I mean, I'm not, like, a petrol head or anything like that, but I just think, like, the design of it is quite cool. But whereas, like, the tumbler is just it's basically a tank. But you've got something like the Batpod, 
I think. Um, which again is very cool and it is very much it's very sleek. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I what's, what's the word? Um, aerodynamic. I mean, I like it, but I just think you know, in the third film, we get to the fact that there's clearly loads of tumblers knocking around and he's not driving them. It doesn't matter. We'll get yeah. to that next week. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll he, he's off his bike. The Joker. What I love is the Joker gets out of the gets out of the like cab and immediately falls over and the gun yeah. fires. He's so <laughs> awkward. And and it's a bit like back at the the apartment earlier when he go, like goes to kick and he fights dirty and mm-hmm. he, he sort of can fight but he can't. I really like all that. They go to take that. He's scrappy as knees, like yeah, yeah. Scrappy, yeah that's scrappy the right word. The right really. word yeah. He'll give it a go. Yeah, and he goes, they go to take the, the cowl off Batman, but it's electrified. Yeah. And as the Joker jumps in, there's Jim Gordon. <gasps> yeah. I love, I do like how Joker played. Not only does he sort of laugh at his henchmen for like getting buzzed, he's like, kind of like, ah, you idiot. Uh, and But when uh, Gordon comes in, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's really he's like, mm. just give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's basically the end of the second act of the film. Yeah. We think we're okay. Harvey's safe. Batman's safe. Joker's in custody. Clearly, there's going to be some kind of twist. But at this point, things are looking up. Yeah. So where do where do we go now, then, Becca? What's in that scene? Commissioner Gordon. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. They t- yeah. He's made the commissioner. At last, yeah. At last, yeah. it's been. I mean, bloody when, when, when I. When I first watched this film, I knew there was, like, I did read, I did expect there was going to be a death of a major character. And I was like... That. Oh, I knew. And I, I, and I, and I, and I, and I was expecting who it ended up being. But then when when Gordon, when, uh, Gordon got shot, I was like, they're not seriously kill fucking Gordon before he actually becomes commissioner, <laughs> have they? they really do that? <laughs> like, they, they generally done that. Um, of course they won't. So, but that, it did... I think, it, I think that's it, just a bit of click, well... What would have been then? I don't know, but if you can call it that back then. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of just to generate some buzz for the film, really, isn't it? So a bit well, of a know, marketing ploy. It's, it's when you're like, you know, it's the same same thing these days. When you have like a, a major film that's got a huge amount of buzz over it, you do get people sort of speculating and like just adding Ooh, that, adding, cool, adding to the hype and the excitement of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I'm sure we'll see, see the same thing with Star Wars uh, later this year. No, that's true. Uh, so yeah, we get uh, Commissioner Gordon. We get we, we get um, like sort of his no fingerprints and pockets full no, of him, yeah, nice no, no, no fingerprints, no no yeah. ID, no other aliases, yeah. no other name. Clothes all bespoke, you know, bespoke made. That's hinted at earlier because uh, Bruce is using voice uh, face facial recognition software and it, it can't get a grip on him at all. Yeah, that was quite clever. It kind of just shows up the kind of it just keeps flashing and but there's nothing coming up. I think it's that's not. Really it's, it, it's almost like it's not locking on. No. Now, whether that's how voice uh, facial recognition software works almost doesn't matter, because as a as a viewer, you look at it and go, "Yeah, it's not it's not grasping it, whatever no. it needs to do to tell it tell him." It's just kind of flashing up the same images again, but it, it, you know, it do doesn't it. say much mm-hmm. found or much not found. Yeah, it, it's just trying to triangulate like his face, and it, it can't do it. Yeah, I, it, this is pretty great. Um, the Joker is yeah. It turns out like some of his goons are there, and yeah, he's just trying to wind everyone up. Does start with Batman being left with him for a couple of minutes. That's quite interesting. That's, uh, I think that's probably one of the strongest scenes in the film. I think. What um, the interrogation scene? I think or, so. 
Because uh, it's like finally well, you actually get to see them together. <laughs> you get Gordon first. It's like, do the good cop, bad cop thing. Then Gordon tries to question yeah. him. Because he gets, he gets murdered. Then he goes home and he has to get called in because he's like, oh, he gets fuck. slapped. Because, slapped by Barbara. Don't ever do that again. Well, yeah, he gets called back in because Rachel and the Harvey uh, have not have not come home. So no. they know like that they're missing. So they have to take in que- Joker for questioning. Um, and Joker says, well, who do you live with? One's here or one's there? Were they, were they, were they your, your people or Moroni's? <laughs> um, that's my Joker impression. I, 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 do, I, I do do better. But, yeah. Looking forward to Bane impressions next week? Ah, Bane is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this next week but uh, yeah so so uh, Joker doesn't tell Gordon anything so like Gordon calmly goes okay well I'll uh, I'm just gonna get a, I'm gonna get a coffee <laughs> and then like and then there's uh, Batman just sort of stood right behind him uh, and then yeah then we have like the probably the, the scene that sums up, sums up these two characters and why Joker is the arch nemesis of Batman, in my opinion, he is Ying Yang. I think, I think, to, when you think of Batman and his principles of, of how he conducts things, you know, Joker is like the the contradiction to that rule. You know, he's like the one guy who like who will just sustain like the pain. Like it doesn't matter. He's just beating him to a pulp, and he's just laughing in his face, saying, "You have nothing." to bargain me with you know uh, yeah. and it's just like he just strips him of all his power really he's got nothing you know and, and it's it's kind of funny to see we're 90 minutes into it this scene well and Batman is basically defeated you know he's he has you know he's he hasn't got the fear of the criminals anymore uh, City isn't behind him as well, well as much and, and, and Joker's just like got him in the corner he literally has got nothing to bargain him with you know he's 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 got harvey he's got rachel but he had he had quit being batman at one yeah. point and, and he he says to alfred what would you have me do and alfred says endure mm. you, you can you can do things other people can't which is the whole point of why i've already covered it that that dent needs batman batman needs dent because they complement each other So yeah, and I think this this scene just works great because you know when it's just when he's just beating him to a pulp, it's just like fucking hell, who is this guy? You know, it it just kind of gets that whole thing of like you know he he's completely outwitted him. Yeah, absolutely, and he outwits the police. I mean, he basically blows mm. his way out of there, no yeah. trouble at all. Uh, he's distracted the whole police while he takes his people everywhere. It's a, um, it's a bit too yeah. convenient. It's like, how do you know be able to get a glass? How do you know he'd actually get the guys to come over and beat him? Like, obviously he's a master manipulator. Oh, so. Well, uh, the old Hollywood myth of like the one phone call. Yeah. Uh, as long as he gets that phone call, he'll be fine. Actually, he will get his way out of there. It's just he can accelerate it by saying, by grabbing that guy and saying, "I want my phone call," and effectively blackmailing. But he would have got out sooner or later. Yeah, he would have got out sooner or later. But he, yeah, he he blows his way out, and at the same time, Gordon and Batman are going off in different directions to save uh, Harvey and or Rachel because the Joker tells them which way, but he gives them the the, the wrong way round. Yeah, he he basically gives them the wrong way round, and 
Gordon says to Batman, which one do you get? And he says, Rachel! Um, <laughs> and he does literally say it like that. That is what he says. Yeah. So and that's why we all get Rachel. <laughs> he, steams off, he steams off to get Rachel. Um, and when he gets there, it's Harvey. Yeah, he's like, no! No! Um, and uh, as Gordon gets to where Rachel is, it blows up. He's right yeah. outside. It blows up. She dies mid-sentence of saying something. We never get it. Yeah, at the same time, Harvey has sort of fallen over in this very toxic and flammable substance in there and soaks half his face, hence the whole two-faced thing. He basically, as it goes up... Figuratively like, and not physically. Yeah. Poor Harvey. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, I kind of like the idea that like, sort of Joker's literally got nothing to... He's, he's just literally just fucking with him. He's just like, yeah, it, it makes no difference. Even if he, like... Even if they generally saved both of them, like it would have been like, well, fine, I escaped. I, you know, I'll come back and do it again. It still matter. Um, so yeah, Rachel dies. Harvey's like scarred, and Joker escapes with Lau. Um, and yeah, puts him on top of a big pile of money. Yeah, that is and one I, big pile of money. I know it's a bit. He, he, he does. Tend to like sort of get forgotten about loud, doesn't he? But this point, this point, a lot it of is stuff... dropped in dialogue earlier, though. That, that, that they say to each other, uh, Dent and uh, Gordon say to each other that Lau wouldn't be safe at County, mm. so I'll keep him here. And I've almost forgotten that myself. He's in the police station, the, the Joker can get him out then, yeah. And mm. then, yeah, then, like, you know, when Hartman Gordon realized it, like, oh, he wanted to, he wants to be kept. He wants to be caught, you know. He wants to get to Lau, um, and then yeah. So then we have like sort of the, the slow sort of stuff with Joker just sort of like standing. Not Joker, sorry. Batman just standing at the uh, rubble where Rachel. Which was. is quite. quite it's probably scene, it's it? one of the most iconic shots in this film. Mm. There were a lot of sort of screensavers and wallpapers and all that kind of shit of that shot. But but my favorite yeah. part is is him just in the bat suit in. In Wayne Tower, just well, with the cowl off, just sat in a chair, completely shattered. Yeah, just like just distraught. Um, that's probably my favourite imagery of it, just because it just shows mm. him how a man completely just destroyed, really, just completely mortified, and kind of almost like not like sun's coming up. He he could be spotted in in <laughs> from from another building. You know, it's like fucking hell, it's like Bruce Blitz just as Batman, but he just doesn't care. He's just like. Mortified. Yeah. Um, where do we go from there? So we're, we're deep into the final act now. Where do we go? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get to see what Rachel said in the letter. Uh, Joker puts Lau on a big uh, pile, of, pile money of money and, burns, and, his and, and burns it. We don't, yeah, we, which we actually don't see him die. We almost forget he's actually on there. It's like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, Lau. It's just it's not that important. If it's not that, it's not important to the Joker. None of it is. So why would it be to us? Uh, And he started off by asking for half. So he got his half, and then he set it on fire. Yeah, and then and he sort of says to the Russian guy, uh, "Tell your men they work for me now." And then feeds him to his dogs. Mm. He calls him a freak again. So it's okay, fine. See how loyal pack of dogs are. Um, And then and then then he rings the phone call because. Reese, uh, Mr. Reese, uh, has is, gone up to, um, yeah. yeah, I love that scene. 
He's he's uh, which which scene the one where he's with Fox? The or? one where he the one where he tries to like blackmail Fox. Oh yeah, and it just goes really well. But uh, yeah, honestly, like, oh. honestly, he I, I I he's either high or just loves being in this Morgan Freeman. It's just, <laughs> he's just having he's a great just time. So he? happy. Like, he, in he can deliver scene. a line and then just div- give like a smile, what, and that's it. You know he's done it. What's really works really well about the character as well is he just strikes me as someone who. Not only enjoys what enjoys the whole the whole situation, but it's really smart of it. It's like in in Batman Begins, he was smart enough to kind of like go like, well, technically, technically, Mister Wayne, this is all yours anyway, so I don't care. But he makes a point of saying, look, you don't have to tell me what it is you're you're doing with this. It just means when I when I get asked, I don't have to lie. You know, he's just kind of like smart of it. So when it comes to uh, him, he just sort of like pans it all out for him. He just goes like, okay, so the richest, one of the richest men in the world, your boss, uh, you're planning to blackmail. He spends his evenings yeah. uh, beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands. Watch your end game here. If, and if, and if, if your you plan is to court, blackmail this person. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so either like, so it's watch your end game. Either the chances are you won't win in court. And if you are remotely successful, he'll probably end up beating the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, I just love the idea of like, well, what are you going to do? You've just asked for 10 million. If I say no, what can you possibly do? Yeah. Good luck. That's it. <laughs> I love it. And he's kind of like, oh, well, uh, well, you can keep that. But yeah. Bye. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's he's decided. But then he does end up going to the press. Yeah, because he's because it's obviously things have escalated now. So he's like selling the stories to um, to uh, what's his face from Weird Science. Mike. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, Mike something. I keep forgetting his last name, but he's called Mike something anyway. Mike something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike something. But Joker's now after you know because his plans changed. Uh, it. He now sees Batman as um, the thing that completes him. You know, it's the it's the yin and the yang, and he's like, no, well, I don't want Batman. I've had a change of heart. <laughs> and then, oh, then, oh, then offers you complete me. Yeah, which at the time was pointed yeah. out was a line from uh, Black Bat Mountain. Yeah. Oh shit! I've not seen Black Bat Mountain. But anyway, um, so. So, yeah, so basically, he threatens to blow up a random hospital uh, unless unless recent killed within an hour. So that just sends Gotham police in a panic. So they have to evacuate yeah, the, all the all the hospitals. Meanwhile, trying to, like, at the same time, you've got uh, Bruce and Alfred trying to work out what police officers have got. Um, basically, they're cross referencing the hospitals with the sort of police staff record mm. to find out who's got. Um, Staff in there. Uh, sorry, family in there. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to be a risk. They're they're gonna they're gonna be a risk to Coleman Reese. Mm. And it's really pretty clever because one of them is in the car with Gordon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he goes out. That's the uh, uh, the uh, what the bat pod, sir? No, the Lamborghini. Yeah, much more yeah. subtle. <laughs> but, but but again, he's going out as Bruce Wayne this time in the, in the daylight, and there's, a, there's there's kind of like a a weird a weird sense of like him stepping out beyond Batman to do the right and using the identity as Bruce Wayne the same way he did. We get that next week for yeah. all his flaws that that Gotham needs Bruce Wayne. 
And yeah, I mean, and it's also alluded to next week. It's less important now because he's at his peak. But uh, you know, there'll, there'll come a point where he'll age out of the role. He's he's got to learn to contribute as Bruce Wayne. At the moment, it is a simple case of it's during the day and he needs to get out there fast. Mm. And the bat pod ain't going to be very used, very much use if it's sideswiped. Mm. So yeah, I can understand what he's doing. And um, I just love how he plays it as well. He because he, he he plays it as belligerent arsehole Bruce Wayne but like yeah he's, complete... he's out speeding that's the sort of cover story he's speeding because I love it not only does he say you know um, was there anyone like important in there but so that implies he doesn't know what's going on but then he says should I go to the hospital <laughs> well, they're all being evacuated because they're rigged up to blow do you not read the news <laughs> but but it, but but it's that it's that glancing look at Reese as well when he's just sort of like it's a, it's... I know you know I know yeah and I've just saved your ass, so... And you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then... Perfect and then... casting as well, Reese, because he's not that oily, but he's just... A, you can see he's a little bit of a wimp. He's a little bit slimy. Yeah, just a little bit. Just just enough. Yeah. Um, but you can see why they would hire him. There's nothing that screams red flags to start with. But as soon as he tries it on, it's like, yeah, you're not a very nice guy, are you? He's just in it for the money. So that fails because of Bruce. So he's safe. And then, and then we get like to try and evacuate Gotham General, uh, where Harvey Dent is. And then yes. we get the, the Joker scene with Harvey. Dressed and as a nurse. When he's, I'm just a dog chasing cars. I wonder what I'll do with him. I can't. Um. <laughs> yeah, he does it out of chaos, really. Mm. Uh, but he basically, he basically gets in his ear to say he basically just convinces a very emotionally vulnerable Harvey to just give his life over to fate yes. effectively which plays straight into the coin to the flipping of the coin I think we're going to get to a point later where um, we talk about how many people Harvey does or doesn't kill I think in the numbers is the nurse that the Joker shoots because he gives, he gives uh, Harvey that gun Joker killed a nurse. Yeah, the, or nurse, or police, or somebody. Oh, the policeman. The room and he, he turned around and shot him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she's the cop. Yeah, he does anyway. So that yeah. that's one of the people Harvey killed, if you like, in inverted commas. Um, yeah. So Harvey's badly hurt. Again, it's disappointing to have Two Face in such a short part of Batman lore, but I suppose yeah. in reality that would get infected and fuck knows what. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't imagine. I just think about the eye as well. That eye really yeah. freaks me out. You just see it swiveling in its socket. You just think, oh. It's not. Yeah, it's not very nice. And the thing is, um, he doesn't even have two fit birds in his house feeding him half a boar and. Donkey <laughs> <laughs> heart or whatever it is. And he doesn't look like he's going to have half a knob's worth of sex with two different women. <laughs> this literally, you've got. The sublime to ridiculous there, haven't you? You've got like everything that is camp and OTT, and then here you have just everything which is the normal. Is, the hospital is blown up. Gotham is now in immense panic. Harvey is back out on the street, refusing any help, and he's now armed and looking for vengeance, effectively. It's a bloodshot version of Batman. You know that Batman could have been all about vengeance, but he learned the difference between that and justice. Harvey, who was meant to be Gotham's great hope, has now devolved into effectively something like the League of Shadows were trying to create with Bruce. Yeah. 
uh, and he turns up at the bar and kills the policeman who brought the Joker to him and actually killed was part of the thing that killed the judge. And also the guy we see at the start of the film who's like, yeah, we're, we're looking for Batman. And it was like a load of famous people like Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and then he kills... I, I've never known in the count whether he kills the barman in there because the barman goes off to the loo. Yeah, I'm going to say no because he just... I don't of... think so. I think he just sneaks in when he doesn't. Yeah. But again, that could be in the number. We don't know if he's killed him and we don't know if he's killed one or two in the hospital because I, I thought he killed a nurse because he's got a nurse's uniform on. Well, the Joker did anyway. Yeah, again, the Joker they've did. Been a, they've been ascribed to Harvey. And then the other two would be... Um, he could have got, got a nurse's like, uniform for anywhere, though, so it's not yeah, really... Yeah, he could have done, but uh, when you say five, it's like, well... To, to me, I... <sighs> I, I don't know whether there's like an, a, like a cut scene somewhere. There could be, but, but you, I, 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 it can just... make a you can make a case for five from what's there. Yeah, you... because you've got Sal Moroni, his driver, and Sal Moroni. That's what I was alluding to earlier, where I said he is effectively killed by Batman. Batman didn't kill him, but obviously he's not mobile afterwards. So that car flips and he can't get out of it. They're both killed, uh, and then so you got those two, the guy in the bar. And then it's well, he some... didn't put his seatbelt on, did he? I mean, I know. And then there is some combination of cop, nurse at the hospital, and barman. It's two of those three. They make up the five. So okay, so we, we count the cop at the hospital. Yeah. Uh, Roni and the driver, the other cop. That's yeah, four. That's, that's a definite four. But again, the Joker's got a nurse's uniform, and that is entirely yeah. possible shot someone for it, it it's problematic though it, like, it is problematic I wish they hadn't said a number and but what I'm yeah. saying is you can retrofit that it's number like if, if you say yeah if, if, they, if they said a number you have to be like definitive with it you have to actually sort of let the audience sort of like go yeah I can see who that was because even with the, the policeman in, in the hospital that, that is kind of like you don't necessarily understand that, so it's not very good storytelling in that aspect. No, but, I'd agree with that. I, I don't like it. But you're right. If they answer the number, then what? Out there. Then if they answer the number, then what? What the fuck? The problem? You could have just said like, "Always oh, kill people." Like okay, that's all we need. <laughs> that's all we needed. Um, but okay. yeah, but chances are, it's probably one of those things where like they would have killed the uh, the other cop. Uh, is it uh, Rodriguez or? Yeah, I mean, he does flip his coin and let her go, though. I mean, there could could have been, like... It turns out she's got, like, a mother in the hospital. So, um, I mean, she did come up on the list when they asked who they had in hospital. Ramirez was on there. And also, when Dent is saved from the big convoy thing and gets in the car, driven by Mm -hmm. that other cop, Ramirez does throw him a certain... throw a certain look afterwards... When you know what you're looking for, it's all there and it's relatively subtle. So dense, this film. It's all in there. And it's just so rich in ideas. You can read it in so many different ways. I mean, there's only like... Um, But anyway. um, So where where are we at this point then? So we've basically... Two faces is running around. Uh, Two-Face uses uh, Ramirez in order. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Dave's done them already. Ramirez uses uh, Two Face uses Ramirez to get Gordon's wife and kids out of the house. Yeah. Again, she thinks she's being taken somewhere safe, but she's not. She's being kidnapped by Harvey. 
uh, at the same time the Joker basically commandeers two boats or two of the ferries because they're all trying to get out of Gotham Mm. one's got prisoners on it because they've had to evacuate the prison and the other is regular citizens and at the same time the Joker is sort of holed up somewhere in kind of like a partially disused building and he's got people tied up glued to guns basically hasn't he yeah he's basically got switched around because he's got the hostages are really the not the hostages the real hostages are the other people the dressed up as like the Joker's goons really um just kind of like another it distracts little... the police because the yeah. police are going in. Now, this is where we get to the sort of um, Patriot Act sort of allegory in that Batman has retrofitted that um, mm. technology from the start of the film to spy on everyone through sonar in people's mm. phones. Um, Lucius is horrified. Yeah. He's taking the advice of Alfred of, like, burn the forest down. Yeah. Um which is just kind of composite, yeah. So this is how I think this is what Batman's become to kind of like to to and do. He does this. say earlier on to you know I now see what would have to come to stop become to stop men like him. Mm. Yeah. Um, and at least he's like, well, I'll do this one time, but um, I'm, but as long as this, uh, I'll consider it my, my resignation. And he goes like, just type your name in at the end, sort of meaning like. As well as That's we, an auto destruct sequence. Yeah, meaning, meaning, yeah, this is the one time deal. Not doing it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, you could argue it all night about the, make, the just, ends justifying the means or, mm. or not. So um, he's now trying to locate the Joker, and he's trying to do it through people's cell phones, and that's how he traces into that building. Yeah, and then so they, they get the get the SWAT there ready to bust him in. Batman says, "No, I need." There's something more. There's going to be something more to it. You need to give me to, like three, three or five minutes. And then um, he does the flying through the window bit again, which I love. Yeah, um, but Gordon's like desperate because it's like Sarp. Then has got his family. Uh, then has got his family, and the Joker's got that boat. And there's going to be mass murder mm-hmm. if they don't take this guy down. Um, yeah, and uh, again, this is this is a good. I, I actually really, really, I think it's quite a really strong action sequence, really, because you got Batman. Fighting with like the goons, but also has to he's fight off the dogs SWAT. Jumping at him. He's got dogs coming at him, and he's being fired at. He's yeah. got to pull people out of the firing line. You got the Joker on him. You got him jumping off stuff, and I just love it. I think it's really yeah. great. He's yeah, he's fighting off the the SWAT and making sure everyone's like not getting hurt as well. It's all mm-hmm. very well constructed. Then, then he zips up, fights Joker. They are very. I mean. I did notice he did actually kill a dog though. He just basically just like twats a dog off the end. Of the end. Twats a dog. <laughs> like dog jumps at him. He just like sort of, he just he just like kind of it shows off it off, and he just kind of like oh, and isn't that just falls to like... his death? Like, no, but it, it, its basket was just over that rail. You're all right. okay. It it landed. He's nothing but cushions over jump. that. Okay. Plate of bourbons. <laughs> he was fine. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> no killing. Unless it's required. Fuck him. Uh, uh, the whole point is that he's trying to get the, the ships to blow each other up. Again, yeah. just complete anarchy. You can get the whole point with Harvey is, you know, he's trying to prove the point that he can get bring people down to his level. Don't matter how noble you are, yeah. and get you to do whatever I want. Uh, I've this has long been criticised as a section of the film. I don't intend to agree with the criticism. 
but at the same time, I don't know if it's because we've been recording for a long time, but I don't actually want to spend that much time on this sequence. No, I mean, uh, when I first watched it, I I had the idea for, you know, the, the little trick in the in the thing was like the whoever turned the key, the bomb, their bomb would blow up. It would blow up theirs. Yeah, which okay. might still have been the case. We never find out. Yeah, um, but it turns out that like neither of them do. Uh, just, you know, and in fact, like the criminals are actually quite noble here. Because <laughs> so they're the only ones to throw a complete well, one, 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 one at least anyway, just completely froze out of the window. Um, it's interesting in its way. Yeah. It's interesting in its way. Them debating it, we do get chance to see them debating it. They aren't mustache twirling villains, any of them, either the criminals or the more vocal people on the other boat. They've all got kind of a point. The whole point of the sequence is to show the Joker he's failed. That you know that that, that there are people out there who believe in good. Mm. Whatever you've just done to Harvey, most people are out there are actually pretty decent. Yeah. And Joker says, "Right, well, we have to blow him up anyway." And then Batman kicks him off the roof and then zip lines him up. And then we get a really good, nice shot like of him upside down, and it kind of flips up. I know, and uh, then he says about, I think we're destined to do this dance forever. Yeah. And, of course, the first time I saw that, he was already dead. Yeah. And then the the, the series itself petered out. And it's just like, what a dreadful shame. Yeah, it's just real crushing. It is. I mean, it's look, crushing, isn't it? It's, just, oh, it's such a shame. The chances are, like, the most we'd have got would have been, like, like a possible cameo in Rises. I don't, I don't think we would have had, a, like, a lot more Joker. No, but I, I guess I like the idea that mm. he was still out there in the world somewhere, and I suppose yeah. in that you, universe you he still is. Kind of, you know, if he's capable of, of yeah. uh, you yeah. know, if he's, if he's providing that calibre of work, just think of what, what he could have, obviously, you know, had some of the great roles in his career, but I think that was probably a career high, and probably for, for many fans, kind of the most, um, you know, career-defining role. That's a wonderful bit of the film. The only bit I don't like, I mean, the other thing is, Batman is continually hurt and injured through this. Batman's a bit fucked up by this stage. He's been attacked mm. by dogs and fire. Yeah, he's a bit screwed well. up, isn't he? Uh, he's he's taken a beating. By the tr- yeah, he's taken quite a beating. The trouble is, it doesn't help with the whole voice thing. Because when he's saying to him, no. you know, there's people out there who be- believe in good. <laughs> yeah. Believe in good. Um, yeah, it's not great. Does that sound a bit silly? I don't know how you got these. Yeah, I'm fond of that. But yeah, but um, yeah, Joker's delivery is re- really good with the whole like insanity's like gravity or it takes a little push, mm. and that's like yeah, um, yeah, and that whole last shot of him like sort of yeah laughing mm. as he's it's it's just been a wonderful film so far. Yeah, all of it. If this had been the last scene, fine. But we do have a coda because we've got to sort out what's going on with. There's several endings to this film, aren't there? I don't think there really are. I just think this is the end of the story arc for him, and now we've got to finish off Harvey's. Bit. Yeah, it ties up it's everybody just... else got a lot on it i mean yeah i always say it struggled with the, the third act but that's only because it's got so much to get through um so you you, you would so when people say you know this seat the the team the fairies are kind of pointless yeah but you need you, you need like an ending for the joker you can't just like leave joker where he was because then people would be like well, what the fuck that's just dropped like what what the fuck are you done with joker you know um, so you you do need you do need something, um, and plus I I like it as a as, as a 
as a a scene in itself. I it's do, just I do. it's in line with the themes of mm. the film. You can argue whether it's heavy handed or not. I do tend to think people are retrofitting what they think Nolan is now almost onto this film. And I, I just, I, I just don't agree. Like, I think, like I think maybe this film, the, the this, success it, of this and the inception, kind of like it, yeah. And then Interstellar it, it, like, was a bit. I thought Interstellar was quite pretentious, to be honest with you. So yeah, you look at all of those things, and then suddenly it's like, oh, he's so up his own ass in this. And I just don't agree. I think this film has handled its mature its themes maturely. I think the dialogue is a step up from last week when you hear some of the things that came out of Razal Ghul's mouth. Um, the world to act. What are you talking about? What and I, I meant, I, and I meant Ducard, <laughs> not Ken O. Watanabe. Uh, oh, what's wrong with Watanabe, son? Uh, he just kept spilling his Guinness everywhere. <laughs> uh, Japan via. And he, he just went AWOL on St. Paddy's Day. Um, so, I, no, I, I think this film has been pretty pitch perfect. I, I do have some issues around the whole killing of five people bit. I do think there are some narrative and logical errors in the a sort of faking of Gordon's death in the way that whole scene is laid out. There are set some senses that the Joker knows some things he couldn't possibly know. But in broad themes and how it's how it's approached this film, it's just done it so well. And it's melded with a comic book universe, and it's so easy to miss that. But there are trade paperbacks out there that, that have this tone. They really do. They look a little different, but they carry this tone. So we've just got the the Harvey storyline to finish. Yeah. Uh, so Harvey's now um, sent for Gordon to meet him where Rachel died. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's kind of like got his family at gunpoint and he's flipping flipping the coin of chance. Mm. Um, look. Batman managed to get there. Um, he flips the coin, shoots Batman. And there's a wall, like, thinking, Batman yeah. explains to him, you know, you were the best of us, mm. which is probably true. But then he flips a coin. What I find the only bit I found funny this time was he flips a coin to decide Batman's fate, and he's got to do Batman's fate, his fate, and like Gordon's family's fate, mm-hmm. and he does himself second. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that's not going to be much use for Gordon's family if you've already shot yourself, is it? <laughs> <laughs> do yourself third, you bum, you fucking idiot. And and also and also he's he's there holding people hostage with a gun to his head. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, stop you know. it or I'll shoot myself. Go on then. <laughs> but yeah, you can see why he's so fucked in the third film here, Bruce Wayne, because he, he gets shot in this scene. He's just been pretty mauled in the previous scene. He fell a long way with Rachel early in the film, mm. and he goes off a route. He goes off like quite a high story here, like fourth or fifth story or something like that. So, you know, when you hear in the next film he's got no cartilage in his knees, you think, well, no shit. This is why he's limping in the next film. And, and when people say, well, perhaps he did act in that eight years, no, he was fucked, and he was fucked because of this. Um, uh, he, As Harvey is about to flip a coin to decide what to do with Gordon's son, Batman just knocks him off. Yeah. Knocks him off the... the, the, the <laughs> <sort> of, <laughs> <they've shagged> <laughs> um... <laughs> He, fall, he falls to his death, Batman holds on, and then he does actually fall. Mm. Hurts himself quite badly. Um, and then we cross-cut with Dent's funeral, don't we? Well, yeah, we, yeah, we cross-cut with that with... Um, I killed those people. Yeah, I, you know, sort of like, keep, keep it alive. 
<laughs> yeah. that's, that's just simple. But anyway, I know, uh, yeah. so, but I really love this, and it set up a third film we never got, and I've never forgiven Rises for that, which I'll try and forgive. What it was like Batman on the Run? Because it was going to be Hunt the fucking Dark Knight, and that's what I wanted. I wanted Hunt the Dark Knight. You know, he, he goes away, and it, you've got him. At, you've got uh, Gordon at Dent's funeral saying he was the hero we needed, uh, needed, but not the one we deserved mm. or didn't deserve him. And there, there's some double meanings in that because you could say, well, he actually wasn't good enough, but we needed him. And about Batman, he says the opposite to his son. He says he's got to run. Why have we got to chase him? He didn't do anything wrong. Sorry, why are we chasing him? He didn't do anything wrong. And he says, we he has to run because we have to chase him. And he says, he's not the hero. Uh, he's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. Yeah. He's the opposite of Harvey. He's totally what Gotham deserves, but at the moment they need that symbol of hope. And they need to pour all their sense of distrust and pain onto one man, and that one man can be Batman. So Batman yeah. limps to his, and, and he's always going to escape, but he limps to the bat pod, mm. and he's in. A, he only you get the sense he only just gets away, and I just thought this sets up something amazing. It's a bit like when you watch John Wick two, and when it finishes, you think, Christ, what's the third one going to be like? Yeah. If John Wick suddenly eight years down the line and he sat on his ass fishing, I might be a bit like, <laughs> didn't, didn't we miss a couple of films here? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, well, I suppose we'll save it for next week because I know that's... Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. What a wonderful way to end a wonderful film. Yeah, it, it makes sense uh, in terms of the character arc, you know, because essentially you have Batman learning something. You have him... Like sticking to his ways, but him now he, he's now kind of adapting almost. It's like rather than become the symbol of hope, he's he's changing that for the for the better good for what he believes uh, Gotham needs. Uh, so in, in a kind of way, the idea of Joker just completely just being really flexible with his ideas <laughs> in what the way he changed, he kind of has he kind of took that up a little bit to an extent. Uh, it also plays with like identity and where you stand. You know, like. What, like your appearance of image as well, uh, what you do with it. Um, it's it's a really really strong film. I mean, I I I've watched it a couple of times now, and it, it holds up. Um, it's really well crafted, really well thought out. I think its only flaws are some some of the sort of narrative choices, like in terms of like the script and plot holes. Uh, but I guess all films have them to to an extent. And only oh that maybe it might just have a little too much going on. It's a little too ambitious, but then it again, but then yeah. again, when your when your main complaint about a film is it's got too much ambition, <laughs> you know, man's reach must exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're, we're, there's not really an awful lot to add to that. Yes, it tries. It, I think it achieves effortlessly what next week strains every sinew to try to achieve in that it, it, you know, it handles some pretty heavyweight themes and I think it does it pretty effortlessly. And yes, you can talk about whether certain scenes should be there and certain choices, but I just think it's all pretty effortless and it, effortless. Yeah, effortless. And uh, effort. Now let's try that again. Effortless. It's all It's all It's like 20 past midnight. It's all pretty effortless, you know? It it doesn't it doesn't find any of these scenes diff- difficult. It it 
it seeds ideas earlier on in the film that pay off later. Whereas next week, this film is, is, is screaming, look how ambitious and important we are. I think this is one of the best films of its, of its decade. I think it's probably still the best film of its genre, taking its genre as superhero films. I think on, everyone is on top form. It's extraordinarily well written. The action is a step up from last week. It doesn't have the same focus on Batman, but it, it didn't need to. It had one of the great iconic villain performances of all time. And on top of that, it had a much, much underrated performance from Aaron Eckhart, who was terrific. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful work. He doesn't get enough out of all the no, people in the film. Of, he, enough press, does he? No. Out of all the people in the film, well, then he did go on to do Olympus Has Fallen, so... Well, yeah, he went on to do some real art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably get to cover those at some point as well. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> They're on Netflix at the moment. I'm just in to watch them. Yeah, mm, good luck. What, what, what series would we cover that in? Shite Disaster Bollocks. <laughs> I, 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 always, I always enjoy those films, but that's me. Oh. It's just sheer carnage. What was the best line in that film? Uh, what was it? Was it, uh, uh, oh, yeah, look, fuck off, oh, you go, go first. first, yeah. Make any sense I, I know, but I fucking loved it. I was like, yes. oh, I, thought I thought you might. It's also got Melissa Leo in it, who's the most overrated actress in human history. Um, yeah. I was trying to, who, oh, she's Melissa Leo. Is she in it? Yeah, she played the trailer trash in the fighter. Oh, okay. She's won Oscars. She was also in. Um, yeah, but she was in Olympus as well. She was like a Secretary of State or Vice President or something. She was in that room. Overactive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, looking looking stressed. Looking worried. Uh, yeah. I'm stressed. Give me an Oscar. But her looking worried a bit like Emma Watson looking worried. They just look like they need a good fart. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Anyway, wonderful piece of work. I've got no more to add. Becca? Um, yeah, nothing much more to add to that, really. Um, pretty much kind of what you said at the top of the film. It's all, it's all really well put together. Strong performances. Um, fantastic cinematography. Amazing use of sound. Um, I don't know why I'm going on so much about sound in this film. Um but again, yeah, very, very use of like. I think the... you're overcompensating because you couldn't hear shit earlier on when you watched it. No, this is it. A... So you're going, no, no, we're here. It's brilliant, and to prove it, I'll talk <laughs> about the sound. Well, no, I don't know because we were talking on thread, and I was like, is it, is it me or my hearing or the Blu-ray or my? Because I, I don't have. I've literally just got like a TV and the speakers in my TV, and that's like, and that's it pretty much. And I was like, is it? I think is it me or is the music very noisy and the dialogue is very quiet? And because usually. Well, Remember when we watched Rocky? You needed the subtitles, but I, I think only because I can understand Sly. It's your TV. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I struggle with Sly sometimes just because he's got a, the accent and all the rest of it. I'm like, I struggle sometimes. And yet, you had no problem with Sam Smith and he. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Sam. <laughs> Have a subtitle anyway. Um, but this, yeah, because it's. Obviously, when Batman's speaking, it's obviously quite a low register, rather than... Um, no, just getting... Just, <laughs> Which one are you going after? Sound, Rachel! A... <laughs> Rachel, darling! Um, no, well, I sort of mean, like, the music and the score rather than the sound, I guess. Um, just in terms of, you know, when, when there's... A more mediocre action movie would have lots of heavy scoring going on over the action scenes. Um, whereas it just lets the action breathe um, and everything you need to hear comes from within the world of the film. Um, yeah, brilliant performances, um, a few minor niggles, 
Regazi plot and continuity. It isn't perfect, is it? But what is? Well, it's 90% say, but as I say, I would probably say, I mean, I do I do like Batman Begins, and it's probably one of the strongest um, superhero movies that we have seen in a long, long time. Um, certainly the strongest in the Batman series that we've covered so far. Um, I'd probably put them at kind of level pegging. I know a lot of people do prefer this the second film, um, as we said at the top of the film, but I'd probably put them kind of like on the same pedestal together. <laughs> beasts, aren't they? Uh, this is it. This is it. Um, I remember, obviously, next week we'll get to the, the Bane. Um, and, you know, it's really impressive. And Tom Hardy is just, he is Bane as far as I'm concerned. Um, superb he's playing role. a character called Bane. Because he's playing a character called Bane, that's it. I'm going, oh, so yeah, Bane. You're absolutely right, technically. <laughs> I didn't mean that in the sense that he is the Bane of I don't know, the world or something. But um, he's, no, he's just a, a sort of brilliant actor. And I will have you watch whatever he does. Um but I did remember sort of thinking, oh, it's such a slog. It's really hard work to get through it. Um, but we'll get there, we'll get there. But yeah, they're diff- this is, if not perfect, but kind of like almost, you know, 90%. Um, it's everything you want. And at this point, we do have Nolan at the top of his game as regards to the Batman series, for sure. Um, and of course, IMAX, obviously, it looks beautiful. Um, you know, you have to go and see this film on the biggest screen possible. Absolutely stunning. And that's, I can't really say anything more than that, I guess. It does look fucking amazing. It's lovely. It it's lovely, pretty. and I will I will give next week's that as well, for all the flaws I'm going to talk about next week. Visually, it, it these two happy. feel kind of a piece, and I do think, I do think like, Batman Begins is its own thing, and, and Rises is, like, an, a less successful version of this. But, yeah, beautiful. There's even more IMAX next week. So, yeah, it's, it's really lovely. You like a bit of IMAX? Uh, I have to say, though, I, I've loved this film for years, but I don't know much about it, Becca. Well, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You can help. I don't know. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay. So that's probably turning into the ice to see you. I'm gonna have to stop saying it so much. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you like. You really enjoy it. <laughs> you love it. That and ice to see you in Top Men. You're just away. Yep. Men. Yeah. <laughs> I think I to see you has passed. I think we've I've had that now, yeah. but I think and obviously top I, men. I, to be honest, I just get fed up with lazy catchphrases, which is why I've never I I don't say things over and over again like starring Edward Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> or Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, that was so fun. What do you think of Leslie Nielsen, Dave? <laughs> it's a shame I haven't come up with another another random actor to ask you about it ever. No, but it's got it's got to happen naturally. The thing is, that happened naturally when you yeah. listen to the show. It's so you, you obvious. You went to say somebody else, and you said Leslie Nielsen. You went to say Liam Neeson. That's what he went to say. <laughs> and he came out as Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh, I do it all the time. Speed works. I suppose when we come to Austin Powers, we'll be quoting all the catchphrases. Because I did uh, fling some of those around. To be honest, you trail an Austin Powers series we've never agreed to do about every other episode, so I guess we ought to do it. Sold them, bought them, sold them. I'm gonna have to you know, the next ones I buy back probably might be mine. So um but fact number one, so the first comic book movie to reach the hundred billion no the one billion mark. The hundred billion the hundred million how 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 much? One billion dollars. Everyone on earth sold it. Billion dollars. 
Well, no, it's, it's a quick, you know, had had the um, up until Twilight movies came around, um, it was the quickest film to earn, you know, recoup its losses. In terms um, of the United States, it, it's still well, it, it always will be now because that's decades finished. But it's the second highest grossing film in the United States of that decade, mm. only only topped by Avatar. This was extraordinarily successful, but Batman is bigger in the United yeah. States than the rest of the world. Yeah, definitely here in the UK, it's like extremely number one. It um, did very well here, but all I'm saying is it took over half of its money there. Hmm. Um, sure. Whereas uh, you look at something like Avatar, which did beat it in America, but it did sort of, I don't know, a couple of hundred million more, but all told it's over like a billion and a half ahead of it. We're really interested to see what happens when the actual sequel comes out, see if that's successful. And if that's... We'll be eating dinner in pill form and flying cars by then. <laughs> So, anyway, carry on. Fun fact number two, I mentioned IMAX earlier. This is the first film to utilise IMAX cameras. And also, I think by the time this film was in production, there were only like something like four IMAX cameras in existence, and one of them was destroyed on this film. Um, fun fact number three, bad fact number three, um, Joker is based on the persona of Sid Vicious and also Alex from Clockwork Orange. Bad fact number four, um, we've got four Oscar winners in this film Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman and that fact number five the first use of the Skyhook was in 1958 so that's my fun fact about Skyhooks do you know what I, I, I'm always appreciative of your facts but I didn't find that one much fun no, you threw it away right. a bit and you were like 1958 and I'm thinking well, what's fun about 1958 well, no, two years later, 1960. I don't know. Chris, oh, do you yeah, yeah. Now you put it into context. That's fun, folks. Do you have any fun facts, Chris? Not on top of not on top of my head. Oh, there's no fruit in this film. No, I was disappointed. Yeah, it's all got scurvy. You won't really get your five a day by watching this movie. No, it's a bit shit, really, isn't it? Social media, folks. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Cinematrix on Twitter uh, you can find this podcast on my website cinematrix.co.uk and you can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter you can follow us on Twitter at talk, facebook.com slash and you can also drop us an email if you want at gmail.com and also type in do you talk on YouTube and you can find us there and also hit us up on the iTunes and Stitcher and don't forget to leave us a glowing five-star review and say how great we are. Thank you. Anyway, I'm sure next week we'll find something I'll be far more charitable about, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with The Dark Knight Rises? Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best of the three. Endorsed by Bay. you. <laughs> <laughs> By Ginster's pasties. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> delicious.